everybody. Welcome to another edition of Yo DB Raps. This is a very special edition that we've got for you today. We are doing an exclusive listening party to the entire Vibe City albums. It's a new project that I've been putting together over the last few months on Dirtbox Recordings. 100% liquid summer vibe drum and bass. Lot of party tracks on there, a bit deeper as well, covering the whole spectrum of liquid, your sub 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 genres, in fact, if you will. The concept of the uh, the album in total is is I don't know where this came about, but I've done this based on Grand Theft Auto, uh, obviously Vice City. Um, big fan of the game myself, um, but more so I was so, such a fan of like the artwork and just how it went around. Um, now, obviously, I, I was thinking about Miami and summer vibes and things all like that nature. So it really brought me into thinking that way. Uh, we've had our art guy, Matt Williams, been working on this for about three months now. Absolute slog. Thank you so much for all your help with this, Matt. Um, it's been a pleasure working with you, mate. You do so much good for this label. It, it wouldn't run without you. But yeah, Matt has individually turned every single artist on the LP into a GTA character. So all of these have been shared all over the socials as well. So I hope you like them. If you want to go and find them on Instagram or Facebook, it's just obviously the facebook.com, instagram.com, at Dirtbox Recordings or the forward slash Dirtbox Recordings. Lots of music to get through. Uh, we are gunning this label ahead with four singles coming out four weeks in a row from Kusha, Sonication featuring Rio, Sick Note and Clue. These are massive. And we've got some interviews with some of the artists from the album as well. And we'll be playing for you today and having a chat while we listen to the tracks. Uh, so I'm here just before we do that to go into a few of the tracks, introduce you to some of the artists, let you know what's going on with this. And uh, yeah, just have a little bit of chat. And I'd like you to comment, obviously, and let us know below in the comments what your favourite tracks are that we're playing today. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to start with one of the first tracks that we signed for this. Um, this is basically an alias of a Neurofunk producer. I'm not going to give it away because I don't know if he wants to do that. Um, but the name is Abidance. Oh, 
There you go. That's anomalies from Abidance. I don't know about you, but I love when uh, some producers go out of the way to kind of surprise you with a different style and flex their production muscle a little bit. So this was a very welcome change from receiving Neurofunk from this artist. And yeah, absolutely blew me away. I absolutely love it. Um, I'm sure uh, you might be able to guess from the production techniques who it is. A very emotional track as well. A little bit different than his usual stuff. Definitely a great opening for the show today. Uh, and obviously one for the album, which, as I didn't mention before, is coming in two separate LPs in September. So once the singles are out, we'll leave it a few weeks to breathe and then you'll be able to grab the full LPs. That track being one of the releases on the LP only. And the next track, we got a few tracks as a submission in the email box from a Brazilian producer called Urbase. Uh, I have noticed he does have a lot of tracks. I hope I'm not buttering your name, mate. Sorry if I am. But this one is phenomenal. This is a proved character. It's one of the best tracks I believe that he sent across. We have signed some of the music from him under some other kind of DMB subgenres. Uh, again, another one of my favourite. Check it out. <laughs>
very emotional, very spiritual kind of drum and bass track, as you'd expect from a Brazilian producer. He's our first Brazilian on the label. Love finding people from around the world and featuring them, not just UK artists. We'd love to get everybody involved with this. Can't wait for you to hear what he's got coming out in the future as well. Big up her bass for that one. And the next one on the album to listen to, well, there's actually two tracks here. Uh, they are from an artist called Puzzled, who's currently, I believe, based in the Netherlands. I think he's actually originally from Slovakia, uh, but we've been uh, conversing over Instagram for the last year or so, looking to sign these. I did actually have these signed as a EP originally, and I believe it may have given me the idea once I got more liquid stuff to actually create the LP. So I was gathering just a few liquid tracks that we wanted to put out on the label and show the diversity of what Dirtbox has got to offer. So these two tracks, we're going to play them back to back. They're a little bit more ravey, a little bit more dance floor orientated. Check them out.
Next one is the duo of Scuff and Scandal. UK producer and UK MC teaming up for this huge release with us. Loving this one. Lots of vocals from, uh, from Scandal on this. Definitely a vibe. I think this one's going to do absolutely massive for the LP. So check this one out. This one's called Legends Told. Let me put that in the mix. Legends told, a hundred 
years now Talk about we messed up All we thought about was pounds Everywhere flooded like that Was warned about and talked about And that's just pure facts Time to heal the world from within Let's start a trend in our hearts And that's where it'll begin Marley sang one love and he meant it Lennon sang imagine and they left it What's stopping us now? Making change, setting examples Stop looking around for someone else to blame See that sun shining bright And if we don't listen soon Gonna turn off our lights Mother nature, beauty and life We'll all die soon Cause we can't get it right See that sun shining bright If we don't listen soon Gonna turn off our lights Mother nature, beauty and life We'll all die soon Cause we can't get it right And the next one, we're going a little bit harder, a little bit techy on this one. Still running along on those liquid vibes. But uh, Neurofunk producer The Fifth has uh, chucked this one in our inbox. VJC, this track is called. Absolutely phenomenal. You can really use this as a crossover for harder styles of drum and bass. I'm finding it's going down really well in my sets, just as a kind of link between some odd tracks or even ending a set as well. Uh, so Big Up on The Fifth really surprised me with this one. This is VJC. Thank <laughs> you. 
And next up, we have got one of the originals, one of the OGs on Dirtbox Recordings. He was there on our very first few releases. He was actually egging me on to start a drum and bass label back then as well. So thanks for this. Obviously, my partner in crime on the VTO Records label, Traced. Changed his name recently, TRCD with the syllables, new fresh start, some great music in the pipeline. But he did a VIP of Phoenix, which is one of his older tracks on Dirtbox Recordings from a couple of years ago. One of my favourites on the label is a bit more of an emotional, kind of harder neurofunk track, but he's kind of toned it down for this VIP. It's got lots of jungle elements as well. I think it fits really well on the LP. Not a lot of people would put something like this, obviously, on a liquid LP. I beg to differ. I think it really gives a nice contrast to the rest of the music on there and fills it out well. Definitely one of my favourites. This is the Phoenix VIP.
really true we can break them down so what's that really prove everyone should know forever is inside of you the soul is eternal life who wouldn't knew i'm letting it known spiritually i have grown telling all the masses everything i've been shown i meditate for hours then i get into the zone my soul projects what i say on the microphone 
Trying to be positive so energies will follow. Keep the inner peace so my body isn't hollow. Trust in the frequencies, it's not a bravado. Past life regression is a hard pill to swallow. If you want answers for now, look into the past. Maybe there's a question that you can ask to undo the karma you live with really fast. Forever is how long our spirits really last. Every choice made for every endeavor. Every inner thought for every single pleasure. Every single person from the worker to oppressor. We are all on this path of life together. Time is infinite, but we decided to measure. If we find inner peace, life will get better. The body is a temple we should all treasure. The souls within us all will always live forever. Frequencies high and never let it low. Every day I show a smile with the afterglow. When I see a different soul, I always try to say hello. Every choice made for every endeavor. Every inner thought for every single pleasure. Every single person from the worker to oppressor. We are all on this path of life together. Time is infinite, but we decided to measure. If we find inner peace, life will get better. The body is a temple. We should all treasure. The souls within us all will always live forever.
So without further ado, we've got our first guest on this episode of Yo DMB Raps. We're going to be listening to the tracks he has on the forthcoming album on Dirtbox Recordings. That's what we're here for today. He's calling us all the way from Toronto, Canada today. I don't know where this geezer is from time to time. <laughs> He's flying everywhere. Chris Crookshank, sick note. How you doing, buddy? I'm great, brother. Thanks for having me on today. It's an early morning for you in Toronto, isn't it, Chris? It is, mate. It is. You got me up. It's like 8am. Well, thanks for that, mate. I do appreciate it. You won't catch me uh, if I'm not working, getting up at them hours. So, fair play to you, buddy. How's the weather and everything over in Toronto at the minute? Oh, it's summertime. It's beautiful. Beautiful. You can't get better. Coldest winters and hottest summers, isn't it, from what I remember there? That's pretty much it, bro, yeah. That's it. So, obviously, you're not based in Toronto full-time. I know you spend a lot of time there. Um, Where are you actually from in the UK originally? Uh, originally, I'm from Hastings, down on the south coast. I see. It's been a long time since I've played down there. I uh, I DJ'd on Hastings Pier for HTID about 20 years ago. That's my only visit to Hastings. You know what? That is, that's the go-to. Every time I have a conversation with somebody that's sort of, you know, been around for a while, and that, that's always, oh, Hastings Pier, Hastings Pier. So and I, I kind of missed it. So my age, I, I just missed out on it. So Fair play to you, mate. Well, it was, uh, yeah, it was... From what I remember, it, it, they had some good parties down there. There was a lot of good drum and bass, happy hardcore, hard house. Everything was down there, weren't it? Yeah, for, for drum and bass, it was sort of home to like heat. Um, they had the MC conventions with Skibber and Shabba down there. A lot of, you know, like large reptile bands, you know, brands. Yeah. <laughs> so what year did you get into the drum and bass scene? And was there anything before that that you were doing? Um, I started mixing uh originally around around 2009 um just kind of got into it with uh, a few a few of my friends that were like they were kind of like you know like the main the main guys for the local scene down there and um i just got into it through them like there were some super talented guys and um just sort of learned to mix from them and then just just you know just naturally progressed and went on to do my own thing from what I remember in our chats quite early on as well, you got involved in, uh, in a group with Shabba D, didn't you? And also with Bar Rage. Tell me how that came about and what you were doing with those guys. Well, so the Bar Rage thing is a more recent thing. Um, it's, and it's, it's, not a, uh, it's not like a, a, a crew affiliation. It's just, it's just for the label with releases and, uh, and with the, the booking agency. Um, but with regards to higher level with Shabba, it was um, just kind of... Um, I was actually promoting at the time and um, you know how it is obviously when you're running local shows, you bring in a couple of headliners and um, just, yeah, I just ended, I ended up working with him on a, a with, with Shabba on a few shows and I guess kind of just almost like um, in the same way you get scouted for like a, for like a football team, for example, you know, just kind of, we just, we just clicked. He, he, uh, Obviously, you know, just I guess he saw something in me, and I was—I mean, I was only young back then. I was maybe like twenty, and um, yeah, I mean, we, we just kind of went from there. Um, kept in contact. Uh, ended up going out to um, New York and and Toronto together. I did a couple of shows out there with him and uh, Nikki Black Market, and I guess that was just kind of like a. I don't know. It's like an audition, I guess. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Kind of just went out there together. Um, did the shows done well. And then, 
just had a conversation from there and he ended up sort of bringing me in with the uh, like the original sort of higher level lineup years ago and um yeah we 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 was all rolling together for for a good few years and that and then eventually kind of just wanted to you know path my own way you know as well yeah sounds like a great opportunity you had i mean you know when you see things like that it's always good to jump on them because you never know where it's going to take you do you and absolutely sounds as though obviously this took you abroad and is this where your connection started with toronto then because you just mentioned it there and i know you're there quite a lot yeah i mean i've been playing out here since um probably 2011 i would say i've been sort of doing sort of pretty decent shows out here since then um and yeah it's just been it's just always been like when when i got to the point where i was regularly playing abroad um toronto was always you know like sort of two three times a year consistently for like years on end and uh i don't know i've just always had love for the city out here and then when uh the circumstances sort of allowed me to to uh make a move i kind of just went with it so i've uh, like i said I've, I've got a house here and i've got one uh, back in england so i kind of split my time between here and europe but i try and spend my summer months out here now fair play mate yeah, I, I, I do love Toronto. I've, I've had the pleasure of obviously playing over there a few times as well. And I think you're right, isn't it? Once you get into, if you find the right click and the right, you know, the right group of people and that, you'll end up going over quite a lot. And from what I gather as well and what I see, you're like me. You probably pay, play outside of the UK more than you do in the UK as well, which I do quite a lot. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know, I've kind of, I mean... This past year, obviously, I've, I've I've done done some decent shows back in the UK and that, but um, I don't know. It's kind of in the early in my in my early career, I was I was doing a lot, obviously, throughout the UK and that. But now I've kind of I don't know. I've almost turned into a more of like a like you're saying, like a like a touring DJ. Like, um, yeah. like next week, next week I'm out in uh, Vegas, LA, New York, and Baltimore with the World of Drum and Bass with uh, with like SS, Ragga Twins, Critical Impact. Uh, Ed Russian Optical and TB. So, I mean, I'm not going to complain, but no, <laughs> it's, no, no. Nice. it's nice to be going around, you know. Well, I flag the fly, I fly the flag for that as well myself. Um, obviously, if you think of people that are kind of championed that way of more gigs abroad than in the UK, you know, there's artists like John B. He's obviously quite a big one who obviously yeah, pushed yeah. on that. And audio as well. They're, you know, you can find them all around drum and bass, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love that aspect of it, the touring side of it. And it's hard to put your finger on it. I think maybe it's because the UK is quite oversaturated. And, you know, if you get with the right people in obviously these different cities and countries as well, you've got friends for life there and it's not oversaturated. You're a, a headliner, an international name that obviously can help their brand and, and things like that as well. And it can go from there. That's that's kind of what I found with it anyway, basically. Yeah. I mean, networking, networking's obviously for me. I think in in the day and age we're living in, you know, like like you're saying, with it being oversaturated, there's there's you know there's a million and one incredible DJs, great producers and stuff. But ultimately, you know, like there's the saying, you know, your network is your net worth, and 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 that's a very I I think that's a very fitting fitting statement for for if you want to be successful as an artist, I feel like networking is just as important as talent at this point. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So obviously you're in Toronto quite a lot. Let's keep talking about that. What do you really love about Toronto then? Because like you said, you're spending your entire <laughs> summers there. What is it about um, Toronto? I don't, I, I don't really know. I don't know if it's kind of like a, 
like my first <laughs> international love affair, if you want to call it yeah. that. I don't know, it was just it was just the first it was the first city that really sort of embraced me as an art as a, as as a, as an international artist. Like I said, I've been coming here for for a long time now, and a lot of the guys that I started off playing for as promoters and that are now, you know, like good friends of mine. Um, a lot of you know, I've I've met people throughout throughout my journey over here over the last ten years or so, and and it's just I don't know, it's just a different way of life here, and and I'm here for it. I mean, I enjoy it here. So the raccoons running around the city don't really pull oh, you off. Don't, don't. Fuck what... me up, that did. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I will. I will. I will get one. <laughs> <laughs> Pet raccoon. It's, it's my oh, mission mate. to get a raccoon. <laughs> when we were staying there, like we, were, they, they would literally just you, you go out in the city and they just run past your feet. Do you know what I mean? There was there was everything there to do with raccoons apart from raccoon crossings on the on the roads. You know like. <laughs> the first time, the first time I actually see one in the flesh, I went to pet it and. Uh, I didn't realise they're actually like quite savage little guys. Like, my, my, my mate shouted at me, he was like, no, don't touch him. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, carrying lots of disease there, mate. Yeah, You'd have your arm amputated. Yeah, I, like, I, I was that. like, yes, what are you saying? Like, I went to reach out to him. My mate was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and of course, Canada, they, they say it's the, one of the friendliest places on the planet. So uh, I can't blame you for that as well. Beautiful yeah, set. So let's get talking about what we're here for today then, Chris. This release on Dirtbox. Um, so there's a track called Corner of My Mind, which we're going to play in a moment. This is one of the very few singles that is coming out on the Vibe City albums in a couple of months on Dirtbox recordings. Obviously, this track was the standout of the two. There are two tracks on the album. We will be listening to them. So how did Corner of My Mind come about? I know we obviously we got in touch when you saw I was pitching out there for the albums, but is this quite a fresh track or you've been sitting on this for a while? You know what? I've had that track for probably about it's it's been, it's been sat there for about eighteen months now. But um it was just it was just for me, it was just the the first the first in a new direction. Um I mean like I don't know. For the UK, predominantly, I, I'm, I'm I'm probably known as a, as, a, as a jump up guy. For the yeah, UK. that's what surprised me, to be honest. When we obviously and got these from you, when I play internationally, I kind of play a bit more, you know, across the board. But when I'm in my car and I'm driving, I love listening to a bit of Liquid. So I was like, you know what? Let's just go with something that's you know make something that that's something I would like to listen to. Hmm. And that was just kind of that was the 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 the, the back four behind going with that well it's it's a great it's a great way to think about it with music because i don't think enough djs and producers think about this because what you've got to remember is when you're making music you're making it for listeners yeah you're making it for djs but they are less than one percent of the people that are going to grab your music at the end of the day do you know what i mean so yeah yeah so it's a great thought process there but listen let's get straight into the track Let's have an exclusive premiere listen right now of Sick Note Corner of My Mind.
So great track, Chris. Loving this. It's going to smash it in it. Let's be honest. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> I know so. I know so. No, fantastic okay. track. It hits it all. And we've got it just in time as well. We're hitting those, uh, those big summer vibes, you know, let's get this in the cars played in Toronto and Hastings, of course, as well. Um, but there's another track again, uh, after the single, it will be featured on the album, but we've also got the track back to you as well. Oh, 
So, where do we come from with this? Is it a similar process of Corner of My Mind? Anything interesting to let us know about this track? Yeah, no, just uh, when I produced that track, it was just kind of... uh... I was just—it was just very fitting for 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 what I was going through in my personal life at the time. And again, it was just you know, just I'm, I was aiming for radio friendly, and uh, and again, just just the sort of vibes that that you know, what I'd want to listen to myself. And it was just again, it was just the the direction I wanted to go with. Originally, when uh, when I put them tracks over to you, I was actually looking at doing sort of like like a four track EP for myself. Um, and you know, like I was sort of like two, two, two thirds of the way through doing that, and then didn't end up getting that done. So, uh, so yeah, you guys picked up, picked up the two of them, and uh, can't remember who else took another one from me, but but yeah, either way, that's just that was the the direction that I wanted to go with currently for that. Yeah, I'm so happy we got the opportunity on these, mate. They're both absolute bangers, definitely standout tracks on the album. Are you doing a lot of the work on your own for the productions then as well? Are you working these from scratch or are you still in a process of like learning with it? Yeah, so, well, I mean, I don't, I don't think you ever really stop learning as such. Um, obviously, I mean, like for the, for, the most, for the most part of it, you know, like it's, it's, it's all completely my own work. Um, you know, like samples and stuff, obviously, like, you know, everyone pulls a pulls a little sample here and there um and you know like obviously like you you have you've got your, your, your friends in the scene that you know you draw a bit of inspiration from or or you know like um constructive criticism from you know like but yeah for the for the for the bulk of it um i have got some uh a couple of collabs coming up um with 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 pretty well-known guy as well um, I won't drop who yet, but um, it's going to be it, it, it's going to take it up another level. Excellent. Maybe so, off camera you can let me know what's going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we, we can do we can do that off camera. <laughs> so there's there's lots of new music in the process. Does that yeah, mean we're going to see more liquid and maybe even more releases on Dirtbox? Um, so I've probably got a a, a couple of uh, a couple of liquid bits that that need finishing up, um, and then. Moving forward, I'm, I am going to go revisit the jump up scene again. Um, I've got some bits in the works already um, that, that need a fair bit of attention to, you know. But um, I'm, I'm just trying to, I, I don't ever want to be pigeonholed into being, you know, like a one trick pony. Um, I want to completely diversify my sound. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, if, if, if you know, you can be, you can be a, a good artist in, in a, in in a small pond i mean i want to be you know i want to be known in all the ponds yeah absolutely so, and if uh, anybody tells right. you different you just point them to andy c because he's obviously the uh the framework and the, the uh, plan out for doing what you want when you want where you want he is, the guy's the blueprint so he is the blueprint. he is so leave on one final question um i noticed you've got a label in the works what's all this about yeah do you know what it's um I just kind of felt like at the moment I've got I've got a, quite a bit of momentum behind me. Um, the bookings are flying in sort of internationally, and it was just, I guess, me just being a bit 
stubborn and toxic and thinking I can do it better than than, than certain other people, I guess. It's just over, you know, over time and experience, you know, like you, you, you see how things are done and, you know, like everyone thinks they know best at the end of the day. Right. But I just kind of, I see the way that some, some things throughout my career have been done, you know, by other people. And I just kind of thought like, you know, like I was, it's something I'd like to turn my hand to. And I kind of just feel like I'm at a point where, you know, I've, I've, I've seen enough of the good and enough of the bad that I feel like I know what direction I want to do it, like go in and, and how it should be done. And um, I've actually teamed up with a, with a guy called Chris Harris, who's actually from out here in Toronto. Um, amazing audio engineer. Um, he's, uh, yeah, like he's, he's, um, he's got the business, the more of the business brain behind him than, than me. And, uh, but I've got the, uh, you know, like the, the, the links and, and the, the scene knowledge. So I just feel like it's, it's a good partnership. That's great. That's fantastic. And uh, yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying about that. I mean, me with the labels, it started off obviously just you, you're getting music sent and you just want to release more stuff. But then it got to a point where it's you've got to process and you realise just how to make it work and treat the artist right. And you'll you'll be privy to this in the coming weeks now that this release is coming out. You'll see what my workings are as a label owner and what I do. And I think I think it matters a lot, doesn't it? You know what I mean? When you see the bad, you see the good. And you want to emphasize on that. You you want to give artists a better experience because there's a lot. Of That's it. I mean, first and foremost, being an artist myself, I know how, you know, I want to incorporate the, the, the sides of it. Like, you know, like I want to do things how I'd want it to be done for me. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Well, you know what, Chris, it's a pleasure to have you on board, mate. I'm uh, very happy that I dropped you that DM that day. Slid yeah, straight into those DMs for the liquid. That's it. <laughs> That's it. And uh, here we are today. So, yeah. Remember, guys, these two tracks are going to feature on this massive album. Where can we see you next playing out, Sick Note? Um, I'm in Las Vegas on Wednesday. What? what? Vegas Wednesday, Los Angeles Thursday, New York Friday, and Baltimore on Saturday. Yeah, and what stays in Vegas? What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas is what I meant. I don't to know. Say. Some of it, some of it will come <laughs> home with you, bro. <laughs> Great stuff. Listen, thank you for getting up extra early to speak to us today, no Chris. Problem, bro. So next guest on the ODMB rap show is none other than Kusha. Jay, how you doing, mate? How you doing? All good. Very good, very good. So it's been a long road, hasn't it, Jay? Me and you have uh, we've had ties here and there, back and forward since I first moved to Birmingham around two thousand and eight. Back in the dubstep days, tell us a little bit about how you got into the dubstep and what was going on back then. So, at the time, really, it was more into garage how it started. And as you can imagine, back in the days of Passion and Serious FM, that's what really kickstarted my passion for DJing and music on a whole. Um, and then when I started getting into that, somehow I fell into being friends with Devilman, the MC. And while I was friends with Devil. Mikal, as I would call him, um, it showed me a lot of the scene, and we got around quite a lot and met a lot of people that were involved with Garage as well. And then Dubstep literally came out of nowhere. Um, and I remember listening to Scream Midnight Request Line for the first time, and that's when it really touched my soul. And from then, then I went went digging for more stuff and came across the likes of Casper and Rusko, uh, etc. And really just found myself indulged in that kind of dubstep scene if that makes sense and then from there everything was just dubstep like the garage scene kind of faded out and dubstep just completely take over took over um and because devil was into it as well 
we it just fitted together sort of thing and we just just was immersed in the scene shall we say yeah i, I remember back then i think i think me and you crossing past there was two events there was that there was a small event ran by breakthrough it was at the custard factory Correct. that was yeah. that was one event and the other one was the hype events which we both played at quite a bit didn't we as well yeah I think we yeah there. It's fantastic memories, to be honest. And the, the, I, it was weird how I fell into that because I had a friend called um, Dynamics who was a DJ from Derby, and he knew John Chu. And at the time, John was running um, Hype. And they, they from the Derby area as well, the guys that run it? I can't quite they remember. Were, yeah, they, they were, yeah. They were, yeah. And for some, I don't know how it happened, but I got invited to go and play on Shutter TV. Do you remember Shutter TV? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I played my set and from the second the set finished, Joe and John came running up and said, you're playing hype, the next hype you're playing it. And from there then, I was just a resident every week. And it, yeah, back, some of the best years of my life, hype was, it really was. Yeah, they were they were good fun. They they were the one that was bringing the big guests to Birmingham for dubstep, weren't it? They had, yeah. like, and it weren't just like one headliner, there was like four or five headliners, mm-hmm. weren't it? They, they went in hard. They were fun parties, I really enjoyed playing for them. I was, um, I got in to those guys from obviously attending the events but i knew do you remember jake crow jake yeah. good old jake hi jake if you're listening i ain't spoke to you in absolutely years mate get in touch but um yeah that was my in with that and jake oh he was such a nice guy he was really friendly yeah. very helpful and obviously introduced me to those guys and got my foot in the door and that's obviously when i recognize you from some of the custard factory parties and and things like that but you got a, quite a bit of momentum around that time because you were releasing tunes as well weren't you and um Tell us a bit about some of the releases and some of the plays that you have. So I've gotten to Stop Out Records, uh, which were a small record company back then, but they, again, were very picky about who they signed and what music they released. And it actually done me quite a few favours. Um, I ended up making a single called Made It Back, which actually made it onto Screaming Bangers Saturday Night Show on Radio 1. Um, when i heard that i nearly crashed the car because i was actually on the way back from a set in derby when it came on so i was coming down the a38 came on and as you can imagine i lost my shit just didn't know what to do while i was driving um and yeah not only that but i had a few tunes that i'd made with max venus as well now max venus was one half a substantial error um with aaron townsend and both of them i must admit helped me significantly um with the music i was releasing at the time because obviously I did need a little bit of help, and Max was just a genius on uh, Fruity Loops, believe it or not. And yeah, he he helped me massively. So shouts out to Max Venus, if you're listening, mate. Thank you so much for everything you've done, and it's appreciated really, because it's made me what I am today. Well, that 2010 era, like Radio One was must listen radio, weren't it? Then if you were into dance music, you had Annie Mac. You had obviously uh, uh, Groove Rider and Fabio. Yeah. <laughs> fucking Fabio and Groove Rider. Why did I say it like that? <laughs> Groove Rider and Fabio. But uh, yeah, that and then obviously Screen and Benger show. Yeah, some some absolute epic shows on there. So, so to be included in one of those shows around that time, that's a big thing, isn't it? Definitely. It it and then you went away. You went away for quite a while, didn't you? And I, I definitely didn't hear about you until a few years ago. So where where did you disappear to, Jay? Did you? Uh, did you get locked up? What what was going on? <laughs> well, to be fair, the dubstep scene kind of dropped off around that time. And um, just slightly backtracking, once Made It Back was played on Radio 1, it kind of excelled them because Trevor Nelson and uh, DJ Target started picking up my stuff as well. 
Um, and I eventually got to get play feature, should I say, on uh, DJ Target's introducing show a few times. And then he took me across to Trevor Nelson's show as well, where I got like a guest, a guest slot where I was speaking about myself and what I was doing. And I actually met Target at the um, the town hall in Birmingham when he was doing an open evening. And that's where I met him. And luckily met the producer of the show as well, Charlotte. And again, Charlotte really helped me move things forward as well. So big shout out to Charlotte as well. She's listening from Radio One. Um, and yeah, but where I went, where I went missing was the dubstep scene kind of died off and then my lovely little son came along. So that took all my time. And to be honest, my focus was just on him and music took a back step, to be fair. So you can blame my son for that one. No, it's a, it's a good enough reason, mate. It's absolutely fantastic, to be honest. But you did come back with a bang last couple of years, obviously got this little DM out of nowhere. And here we were chatting again after uh, God knows how long. And uh, yeah. obviously we were talking about my new label uh, or the new label at the time. Are you serious? Which has been running a few years now, but um, obviously that's my garage and base label. It's obviously a sideline to dirt box. And you, uh, you submitted a couple of tracks for us, didn't you? And they went off with a bang. Tell us a little bit about your EP with us on. Are you serious? Well, firstly, I just one day, as I've always been kind of a drum and bass and dubstep guy, just something just hit me out of nowhere. And I thought, you know, I'm going to make a few garage tracks because I was just feeling it at the time. And obviously, I've always known you've been doing your bits in the scene because even though I took a back step, you know, you still see what's going on around you and who's doing what. And to be fair, I noticed that over the years that I had taken out, you'd still progress forward into getting your labels together and still releasing, and still being in the scene. Um, quite a lot, if that makes sense as well. So you were the first person I reached out to um, to see what you could do, to be fair, and it all matched up. So here we are now. And it was a, a great, it was a good move, to be fair, for me. Yeah, I mean, just to emphasise on this, last summer we put out a release on Are You Serious, which was Vibe and Be Free by Kusha. And it just went straight into the top 10, didn't it? After like... Yeah. About a week of just not being anywhere, and we were like, "Oh fuck, nothing's happening with this on Beatport." I just got it, Lee, 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 check Beatport. So we check it, boom, straight in the top ten. Yeah. So we start pushing it, we start pushing it a bit harder online, and then before we know it, we got a number one single on Beatport. Number and uh, yeah, absolutely phenomenal work with that. Obviously, lots of lots of big DJs like EZ and things like that supporting it as well. So it really took off. So obviously, that's led us into today's conversation. With the new release on Dirtbox, come back to me. Isn't that right, Jay? It is. Yeah, exciting times as well. Again, something that just hit me at the moment. Sat on my computer, started to get the track down, started with the beat. And it just, again, you normally find the best singles and the best releases that you put out. They come together really quickly. When you've got a project that you're working on for hours and hours and weeks, they don't flow as nice as what, they do when you make when you make them within say three hours, for example. The tracks that you make very quickly are always your best, and that's what's happened there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously for this, it couldn't have come a better time. I mean, obviously you have definitely got the knack for making tracks that are just very accessible to everybody. I mean, look back to your dubstep days; they were getting played on Radio One, and then as soon as we're talking again and releasing. Again, we'll talk about that in a bit. Radio One are knocking on the door yet again. And with this release, I was right, well, I'd say I was about 20% in to programming this Vibe City LP, one of the biggest projects we've 
ever done on Dirtbox. In fact, fuck it, it is the biggest project I've ever done on Dirtbox recordings. Two albums, four signals, singles, all focusing on liquid drum and bass. So when you submitted this, it was a fucking no-brainer, mate, wasn't yeah. it? it? It had to be part of this album. We had to get you on board because obviously it's been a few months since, uh, obviously, the Are You Serious Garage release. Started to die down a little bit. So, yeah, very, uh, very happy to this on. But you know what? Talk is cheap, mate. Let's have a listen to the track. This is the listening party for Vibe City. And this has come back to me by Kusher. <laughs>
phenomenal release. This will be the first single that's released from the album. This is out on August the 11th. So make sure you're pre-saving this copy, adding it to your Spotify playlist. And of course, grabbing that download on Beatport before the album hits in September. Jay, what a fucking tune, man. This one's going to go off, I think. Thank you. Yeah. um, I've had nothing but good feedback on it, to be fair. And when I listen to it, it kind of does... I'm quite an emotional person, so I've tried to make emotional music. And when I do listen to this track, it does... It it makes the hairs on my arm stand up, basically. So, yeah, I've got a lot of um, confidence within the tune. So, yeah. They say the good tracks take you somewhere. They, either you remember or you feel you should be there when the track is playing it. And straight away, as soon as I hear this, if you're from the Birmingham area, you'll get this. But you should be on uh, the mill or the rainbow, whatever you like to call it. You should be on the rooftop venue there. They've got a big outdoor venue on the roof overlooking the city or the industrial side of Birmingham. It's fantastic. This tune reminds me of partying there like around 2017, 18, just in the middle of summer. It's, it's got that vibe, hasn't it? It's yeah. a true summer Birmingham vibe. You've, you've hit the nail on the head with that. Yeah, well, I'm a, I like to be happy, so I, I like to make happy music, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And you can do that as well, with, you know, without just splurging out something for the masses, can't you? And this really does, it hits all those spots, like I said. And speaking of obviously gaining momentum, you know, um, not only did you have a release with us that got to number one last year in those charts, but BBC Radio have picked it up as well. Do you want to tell us a a little bit about that as well, Jay? What's been going on the last couple of weeks, what we've been chatting about? Yeah, no worries. So one morning, about two weeks ago, I woke up to a lovely email and it was to say that basically my tune had been selected for BBC Radio Introducing, which it got played last Saturday night by Theo. Um, and then I woke up to another nice little email that basically stated that the breakfast show on Radio WM had picked it up and was going to have it as their track of the week all this week. So it's uh, first day today. And yeah, it went very well. I had to do a little interview as well. So not only play my tune, but you're getting a bit of insight into me as a person as well. And that's being broadcasted all this week on Rakeem Omar's breakfast show on Radio WM. Yeah, so make sure you go and listen back to that uh, on the Rakeem Omar show. So just so everybody knows, BBC introducing and you upload your music to this, you can get a play. It's an online radio platform run by the BBC. Gets a lot of new artists, obviously, uh, discovered on there. That has additionally got picked up by actual national radio in the West Midlands. So not just online, but going across the airwaves and it's tune of the week. So the track has been played today. It's going to be played for the rest of this week as well. So obviously make sure if you're only just listening to this, you can go back, check out it. Jay's got an interview and it's very likely we're going to be going down to the radio studios this week, isn't it, Jay? We're going to have a chat in person yeah. It looks that way. It looks that way. I had to do a kind of um, voice memos that I've had to send in that they're actually edited together and now playing like I'm actually there. But yeah, we do have to go in and do a wrap-up interview uh, towards the end of this week or maybe next week. I'm just waiting on confirmation for that now. Yeah, so it should exciting. be soon. Very exciting. Well, it's the first It's the first coverage we've had like this on the label as well. So it's it's a milestone for us, you know what I mean? Everybody's excited for this. I'm so happy to be back in this track, James. So happy to be back in you. I don't think there's anything else we can say apart from, you know, make sure you're grabbing this one. It's an absolute barn burner. Um, 
obviously this is part of the album the vibe city album one last question for you jay what's it mean to be on a project like this and having your track featured on it do you know what i must say it's an honor to be fair i didn't think my music would take me as far as what it has done over the last 12 months and to be a, something, a part of something with such amazing artists on it as well as a good label behind it it's i don't know what to say really it's just that much happening that's never happened to me before it's it's kind of overwhelming to be fair and um you just kind of take it all in but you know mistakes are made in the past i've learned from and this time it is not going to slip and i'm not going to take my foot off the gas either so to even to be a part of something this massive yeah it's just overwhelming like you know i, I just feel i'm feeling the love from more directions and i'm i'm just grateful for every opportunity that i'm getting at the moment so Lee, thank you no thank you mate obviously it's your track do you know what i mean you're making it all i can do is just put the power of the promo behind it and obviously get it out there which is what i'm good at i'll do the marketing side you know you're the talent with this and uh, it's very good to have you on board mate absolutely no, thank you. it's a pleasure being on board as well Lee, to be fair. And, you know making the tracks half of the job you know yeah. these days the world's changed and you, you you need to work as part of a team these days to get the best out of what you're good at and you know, hopefully this track that I've made is good and people enjoy it. I hope they do. And if they do, then I need your help to to get it where it needs to be. So, yeah, hats off to Dirtbox Recordings and RUSRS and anything else that you're doing for me, Lee, because to be fair, you've done a lot and I'm grateful for it. So thank you. No, my pleasure, mate. And like I said, definitely more to come. We've got some great ideas. Let's tell people a little bit about what's happening with Kusha after this release obviously we are working on your own solo ep for the label that is incoming he has got two remix eps coming out as well one and are you serious very very soon and we're about 50 percent done of drum and bass remixes of be free and vibe as well and the remix we've had so far oh my fucking god this yeah. artist has smashed it. You are not going yeah. to believe. But that's the latest story. You can contact Kusha for bookings through us. We are dealing with them all now. We've started a little agency up for some of the artists on the label, Kusha being one. And this is through our SMYDF brand, which is Show Me Your Dirty Face. That's what that stands for. So if you go to facebook.com slash SMYDFPR, contact us through there or email on info at SMYDF df.co.uk so yeah if you want to get in touch get the bookings in for kusher he's ready he's able he's willing to do almost anything for a peanut or two he's ready. <laughs> <laughs> lovely stuff jay thanks for your time today mate can't wait for this release to get in the hands of everyone yeah it's exciting times it's exciting times but again thanks to you and thanks to everyone else who's listening to my music and picking it up and big shouts to all my fans out there if there is any love you all Thank you. There you go. And now for our next guest, we have one half of the duo, the drum and bass duo Clue. We've got David Junior Ed. David, how you doing, mate? Yeah, good, man. Good to be with you. Nice to talk. Have a little convo. Yeah. Are you actually in the UK then? Because you've got the shades on. I don't know. You're wearing shorts as well. Whereabouts are you? <laughs> I am wearing shorts and I'm wearing shades, but not for the reasons you think. It's because I've been ill for a week and no one needs to see what's underneath here. <laughs> don't need to see the red eye. Oh, okay, I get you. That's it, man. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Well, listen, mate, thank you so much for taking some time to be with us today. Unfortunately, Kurt couldn't make it. He is very busy working on the next dirt box or release that he's got for us, hopefully. <laughs> that's what I'm, I'm that's sure what he I'm is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he is. 
Well, we'll get straight into it. Um, obviously, Clue is made up of two members, Junior Red, David, who we're speaking to today, and Kirk, who also goes under the alias of Arcane, doesn't he? Where did these yeah. names come about for both of you? I mean, you can answer for Kirk as well if you want, but where did your name come about? Uh, well, I'll do Kirk, Kirk's first. Uh, he got the name. It's, it's a weird story because he was trying to think of a DJ name and a, a friend of his uh, offered to help. And she did some research and came with a list of names and their meanings. And he ended up taking Arcane. Uh, I can't remember what the meaning, the exact term, the terminology for that is. Um, but that's the same girl that actually came up with the name of Clue, uh, which turned out to be uh, Latin for to hear or to uh, to listen. Um, so that's how we got is. But I've had my name since I was 13. Uh, my sister, she used to go out of a guy who was called Red Mantis, a reggae artist who was just amazing freestyler really good and i started writing lyrics and stuff and he said oh you need a name uh sorry i'm getting a call coming through here that's all right <laughs> uh yeah so he said oh you need a name uh why don't you have junior red and uh it just went from there basically i took it took it as a enthusiastic little teenager and it's just stuck with me all the way through fair so so it's fair to say then uh you and kirk actually go back a little bit before the clue name then don't you are you, are you guys boys from way back before that yeah i mean well i met kirk about six years ago um but we've both been in the the drum and bass scene for a long time i mean without giving away too much i've been in it for a long long time um I moved to Brighton uh, in the early 2000s um, from London. Started doing, just jumping on mics and stuff. Uh, linking up with Brighton DJs, which is like Stacker and Skynet, um, DJ Skinny, DJ Friction. Um, and just started kind of doing it for fun from there. And then got onto agencies and finally ended up joining Urban. Uh, in the mid noughties and became Aphrodite's MC. So I spent the good 10 years traveling the world, really, MCing for Aphrodite, building up a name around Europe and being relatively unknown in the UK. And Kirk linked up with the Breaking Science guys um, and was like a Room 2 DJ for a long time, progressed to Room Room 1, and then we kind of linked up and it, it the clue thing took over from there. Yeah, I mean, I, I've done my homework. You you guys have had very much storied careers together, a, a separate avenue before you got to clue. So what made you want yeah. to get together to create this new brand? Because you, you're almost in a way you get a new name. You're starting from scratch again, aren't you? Really? What made you want to obviously think, get together and do that after having such a big career, both of you? I think... I think that was a, ma a major part of it, actually, was starting again, having a clean slate, <clears throat> not being judged by what we'd done in the past, obviously. Um, my situation was with the agency I was with. Uh, I don't know, it, it got kind of complicated with fees for the main, with Aphrodite going down. And obviously, 
I was cut loose from the agency. So I was at a bit of a crossroads in my career where I was pretty much ready to hang up the mic and, and you know, start a business, get a real job. Uh, but Kurt came along, asked me to do some MCing on some mixes for him and then showed me a tune he was working on. I actually uh, sung a verse and a chorus on the track. And I tried to work with other people in the past. I didn't really know that much about production. And everybody I tried to learn with before that, we didn't really click, but me and Kirk really clicked. And it just we were just like, do you know what? Should we give this a go? <laughs> we're not getting any younger. Let's give it let's give it one more go. And um we gave it a go. We treated it like a nine to five. So we're in the studio as much as we can from nine to five, Monday to Friday, then off doing our thing at the weekend. Uh, so we just decided to do, fully commit to the production, like a full-time job. And it, it's, it's kind of working out. <laughs> so Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it shows, as I say, the output shows, and we'll come to that side of it in a bit. But I was, like when you obviously joined together as Clue, what, what would you say both of your roles are in that name? Not just with the performing side, which obviously I'm sure you're still doing the MCing on that, but obviously yeah. with the tracks as well. How are you both involved? Um, well, like I said, I didn't really know much about production when we, first linked up and to be fair neither did Kirk um so we decided to learn together so it's literally been 50 50 uh YouTube videos online courses uh trial and error a lot of error <laughs> uh yeah so we we learned together uh we failed together we won together and that's that's how it's been so there's not I, I would say sometimes when it comes to processing vocals and stuff like that, he'll look to me for that because obviously being an MC for most of my career, it's kind of a, a natural thing for me to do. But other than that, it is pretty much 50, 50. Mm. Um, he'll come up with an idea. We'll develop it together, finish it together. I'll come up with an idea because we both obviously have our own setups. We mm. So <clears throat> we'll have an idea and come together to finish them off and, polish them and add the detail it, it, it's good you've both definitely got something to kind of bring to the table with that isn't it and there's not many there's not many mcs big or small that actually move down that role predominantly after mc as well so you're one of very few i think as well aren't you david doing that i am yeah i would say that there's a uh, uh, mc verse this is probably one of the only other mm. mcs i remember actively uh, producing and he only did that for a while to as far mm. as i I know. I think I think um, one of the most popular one is strategy, isn't it? He actually releases on on quite a few as well, on just producing his own tracks as well. So, oh really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that, that's good to know because well, I, yeah. I rate him as an MC. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think more MCs. I think more MCs should produce because they have a different kind of uh, perspective on music to to DJs. I think hundred percent. Um, Hundred percent. Yeah, but I've always been the kind of MC. I'm not a kind of cha 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 MC that just goes rapid all over music. I've always loved the music first and added the MC, my hosting and MCing on top. So, yeah, it's always been about the music purely for me. I'm a, I'm a pure, drum and bass purist. I love all of it. 
yeah absolutely yeah that i mean obviously letting the music breathe but also adding those elements that are actually needed to the live component that's what makes a good mc in my eyes definitely yeah ex- yeah ditto feel so, exactly the same blue is, is is definitely blowing up and, and we'll come to some of this in a moment but do you guys see yourself as actually performing as, as solo acts as well or you're just totally both fully focused into the clue project uh we've we perform solo here and there, um, usually for, for friends. Yeah. Excuse me. And locally around Brighton and stuff. Uh, but our main, our main aim is to, as a duo, um, progress and make a good name for ourselves. And then maybe in the future, we might do side projects and stuff on our own. But uh, we're, we kind of, I think we, we definitely value each other as music partners and so it's it's all about the clue at the moment yeah definitely well, it, for the for the foreseeable future it's, it's definitely picking up some pace and momentum at the moment isn't it since the pandemic it really is coming together quite strong i mean if you look at output of any producer or anything like that and i was even looking across beatport the, the actual output you guys have is, is one of the top ones out there for a solo artist you know multiple labels wow multiple releases every month you know you're definitely you're definitely kicking it on all cylinders there i mean what what would you say is keeping the work rate so high you know what i mean you've you've got you know you're obviously not having any writer's block or anything like that you're just kind of picking up each other's slack and stuff what's well the thing about that is it's our fear of tiktok (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it, it is actually our fear of tiktok and the fact that if i have writer's block we've been very lucky that when i'm if I'm blocking, uh, Kirk is, is usually okay. And then if he's blocking, I'm usually okay. So it's always worked out that we can we can pull each other out of these blocks. And, you know, I, that's the kind of the magic of being a duo as well. If I was a, a solo artist, there'd be huge swathes of time where I'm just not feeling that productive. And the ironic thing is, is you keep making stuff when you're, you were blocking when you come back to that later you realize that you weren't actually blocking you were not believing in what you were doing so to anybody who has writer's block regularly i would say just keep making stuff even if it's like meh keep making stuff because when you go back to that you never know what you're going to find with a fresh pair of ears yeah could be sitting on gold I, I personally, I don't think it really exists with that with writer's block. I think, like you said, it's you're not believing, you're, you're kind of bored of it. And when I've obviously been doing producing and I'm just having that kind of stale couple of weeks or a couple of months, I just go into something else like organising my sounds, listening to other music and just stepping yeah. back from things into, you know, just having a play, create some loops, create some sounds. You don't have to make a track every time you sat in the studio, do you? Yeah, yeah. Sound design is a excellent way to get to get your juices going again because if you make a sick bass sound or some nice pads or whatever you want to use them it's kind of the natural thing to do you you want to use them and it usually helps to get you straight back in the seat but also tutorials on youtube or whatnot watch a couple of those and you can't wait to get back to it so yeah yeah, it it is a belief thing but like you say there's definite ways around it yeah, absolutely. Well, talk, talking about being prolific with the productions, I mean, I, I've written a list here. Fucking hell. Last few years, mate, you've released on <laughs> Jungle Cakes, 
device, born on road, elevate, dope, ammo, uh, audio porn. That was obviously one of the first first labels you guys got picked up on as clue. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah, not many left someone. there. Yeah, big up the boys. There. <laughs> <laughs> is there is there any on the bucket list that, that you're wanting to get releases on? Is there anything out there that you really want to uh, obviously aim to get a release out with? I'll tell you what. There's uh, we've got we've got a few coming out. I can't say who yet because they're bucket list ones. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And we've got a uh, bucket list. Uh, labels waiting for material as well so yeah i wish i could give away more but yeah the bucket list is getting ticked it's it, it's amazing I, I mean it helps that me and kirk were have been in the music in the drummer bass industry for as long as we have because we've met a long a lot of people along the way and i don't think you know i mean it's kind of a it's kind of an untold secret but it's, everybody knows it. You would have heard it before. It, a lot of it comes down to who you know, yeah, and not cool. what you know. Yeah. And obviously, we've we've made links over the years, and that's opened doors for us. Um, but yeah, yeah, we've got some good good news. We're going to announce this year. So yeah, looking your, forward to your eyes peer, peer. Yeah, looking forward to that. Well, I, yeah, I mean, talking obviously who you know and what's happening. Like I say. Like you said before, you guys have had a bit of a storied career. You've played some massive events, but you know you've got to give yourself some credit as well. Like I say, using that brand new name, Clue, you, you do have that kind of starting from scratch thing, and and it seems as though it's starting to pay off in the booking side of it now. I mean, suddenly you guys are on at uh, WAH, Glastonbury, Boomtown, Printworks. Like, there's not a, a big lineup that isn't wanting to include the Clue name. So, you know, you guys have got that rolling. Do you think that's coming from, obviously, just the past experiences or do you actually see the new work paying off for these gigs and that's where they're coming from? Uh, yeah, I think as well, like you say, with our output and the fact that Kirk is an absolute social chameleon, he gets on with everyone. He's a really easy-to-talk-to guy. He's very friendly. He's so good at networking. Uh, and we don't just... It, kind of seems that we don't just make make uh, acquaintances or links around the the scene we make friends and it kind of spills over and it and it and it turns into bigger things and bigger projects um so yeah on on that respect we're very we're very lucky that we we both bring different aspects to the to clue when it comes to making music and when it comes to networking and when it comes to um just getting out there uh, and it seems to just have, have, have worked quite well for us. Well, talking of obviously output, the reason we're here today, David, obviously we've got this amazing track Lost that's featuring on the Vibe City LP. And of course, you are one of yeah. the very few that is a single release as well. I'm, I'm fucking super excited for this one, mate. We made it we right at the last minute, didn't we? The last minute we got it on the yeah. album. So you, you guys cut it a bit fine, but we made it. So what we're going to do now, we're going to listen to the track. We're going to have a chat about yeah. it straight after. This is the listening party, after all, for the album. So this one is by Clue, and it's called Lost.
Okay, so that was Lost by Clue. David, phenomenal track. Definitely a standout one on the album. How did this one come about? Well, it, it's a mad one, this. Um, we started this project quite a while ago, and it's been one of our favourites, um, the potential-wise, and one that kind of, at the time, it was a new direction for us. We'd been trying to make a lot of kind of dirty, nasty, not jump up, but kind of, you know, some clue filth that we're quite known for. Um, and we really wanted this one to go to the right home. So we sat on it, basically. Um, uh, and when you popped up <laughs> <laughs> uh, with your project, I checked out your stuff, checked out what you was up to. And I was just really impressed with your approach to the label your approach to labels in general and how you market your music, how you, you're just very thorough. And I had a really good feeling about you and I thought it would be the perfect opportunity to actually finish this project properly and, and take it somewhere that deserve it because it's weird. I'm not going to say anything bad about any labels we've worked with, but there are certain labels that, they get big in stature and they lose the personal, the personability of it and it becomes kind of a machine. And uh, what we liked about your label and labels uh, to be fair is that you're, you is a very human touch in there and it's very uh, well thought out. And we thought, yeah, we can see you're going to be doing big things in the future. You're definitely going to be sitting on a, a good, a good label big big label in the future and we thought yeah we'll we'll be part of that let's grow together do you know what i mean no that's great feedback man thank you for that and and that is really that is the ethos that's that's what we're trying to do with it um obviously we set up the dirtbox recordings back in 2018 but i've had 20 years of running different labels and different music genres and yeah just like a few years ago something really clicked i mean we were signing music from our friends and we wanted to branch out just make it actually mean something and take notice yeah. and obviously this is when we start coming up with some crazy projects and just having a just a very personal way of managing the label with the artists and getting involved and you guys have like i say you've seen the front of obviously the track being signed but come august there's a lot of stuff i've got planned i think you're going to be really excited to see what we do in the background but also in the front ground so and of course the artwork i'm i'm fucking loving it the gta flavor artwork and stuff like that yeah yeah that's it, true, man. That's it. it yeah yeah brilliant so thank you for that mate uh, i'd say we got to the end of this not too uh, not too harsh for you i hope some low ball questions there just to see you nah, through on good, Friday man. afternoon <laughs> but, um, good to see your face see? mate I've heard your voice and read your words a lot good to see oh, your face thanks, man. yeah yeah you too I mean obviously I, I see you because obviously you guys are here there and everywhere at the moment with gigs I've been hibernating this year um, as I keep mentioning to people obviously I've had a new book <laughs> so for me it's just kind of okay oh really yeah yeah not a lot of traveling at the moment but it's slowly getting there and I'll, I'll be I'll be back to gigging again very soon so hopefully we'll bump into each other in person as well Oh, for sure, man, for sure. So we know about a few things you can't tell us about, like you said earlier. Is there anything this year, gigs, music or event-wise or anything like that, that you can let us know that's happening with Clue? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've got shows up and down the country. Uh, we're doing a couple of shows at Boomtown this year. Um, Mucky Weekender 
Uh, we're in Brighton this weekend uh, doing the after party for the On the Beach Festival and then a dramatic uh, festival in, near Norwich on Saturday. Uh, so, yeah, just wherever you are, keep your eyes peeled. I'm sure we'll be lurking about. We've got two tours in the works. Uh, again, I can't mention too much about um because uh, they're not all fully confirmed yet. We uh, so yeah, we're we're busy boys, and we'll probably be in your area soon. So keep uh, keep your eyes peeled. Glad to hear it. We'll have to get something sorted where you guys come up to Birmingham as well for one of our parties. We we put it like I say with the baby here. I'll put him on hold this year, so we'll get in. Uh, we'll get in touch to sort that out. How can people go about yeah. booking you both, David? Uh, Hotcakes. Uh, uh, agency we just started with the our new agent there called Gemma uh if you hit up Gemma at hotcakes um she'll sort you out and you can have us uh playing in your town yeah, <laughs> one <going>. day soon <laughs> nice plug there. listen thank you for your time with this David can't believe we've got this track on the album like I say it was very last minute I was kind of touching cloth a little bit there thinking is this gonna land but <laughs> it did it did it landed in the end and we got it i can't wait for people to hear it the single yeah. will be out uh toward well first of september the single is out and then the album drops with a clue track at the end of september as well so a very busy couple of months coming up have a great weekend buddy thank you for your time mate thanks so much so our next guest on this episode he has a nice little vocal number called give you everything featuring the vocal talents of Laura Proudman. We've got Ashley, a.k.a. DJ Comatose. Ashley, how you doing, mate? Hi, Lee. I'm very well, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, really good. Thank you uh, for coming on the show today. This is the first time we've had kind of a face-to-face together as well, haven't it, apart from speaking on the phone generally. So nice to make your acquaintance properly. And uh, thank you for the track, mate. It's an absolute banger. How did it all come about? Uh, I think the track came before the vocal, so I think I just, um, I kind of had a style that I wanted to go for in that kind of like deep, dark, sub rollery kind of way. Um, and even to a point I knew that I wanted a female vocalist on it. It's kind of inspired by an, an NI track uh, called Save Me featuring Charlie Bricks. That's the one that's oh, inspired no. by. Yeah, so I kind of wanted to go down that kind of route. And yeah, my cousin Laura, uh, she's a pretty good singer. So I was like, yeah, we'll get her involved in the track. I sent her the track over and she originally sent me the original vocals on a on a voice note <laughs> and I used them to build the track around and then it just went from there. And then uh, a couple of months later, we finally got her in the studio to re-record them. So that sounded better. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Well, obviously, it is a banger of a track. And how useful is that, having a singer in the family as well? A lot of producers always say to me, it's one of the hardest things trying to find a good singer. And you've just got one that you've grown up with, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty lucky. But, I mean, uh, her brother, Andy, is also uh, the guy who taught me to mix, got me into drum and bass. So it's kind of all roles in the family a lot. Brilliant stuff. And and you reside in Birmingham, don't you? Where whereabouts are you uh living in Birmingham? That's right. So at the moment South Birmingham, so Northfield, Longbridge kind of area. Uh oh. I've been in this side of, of the city most of my life, apart from a, a few years stint that I did up in Leeds. Okay. Was that university or something like that? Yeah, I did two years studying music technology at Leeds University before dropping out. <laughs> oh, fair play, mate. Did you get what you needed though? I mean it sounds like you have. 
<laughs> well, yeah, I think so. I think uh, the realization that coming out with a degree in you know music technology was not going to get me, you know, the career that I wanted to. It wasn't, you know, it's more of a hands-on industry. You got to get your hands dirty if you want to get involved. So that's yeah. what I did. Absolutely, fair play to you, mate. Yeah, I, I know, I know the area of Birmingham well. Just to touch on where you're from, I, I moved to Birmingham in. 2007 and uh i was living up in rednell rubri for quite a while so okay obviously was a uh, some of the pubs around the uh, those ends where you are those were my haunts as well back then as well so and then uh yeah i uh, i've only just recently moved out of birmingham so i did quite a long stint there as well um but me and you have obviously almost like cross paths in a way in a lot of the clubs as well we've been playing for the same promoters um i believe you've got some big gigs forthcoming as well haven't you in the city yeah, so I'm playing Maid Festival in a couple of weeks. I'm really looking forward to that one. It's my first ever festival, so I'm really excited to sink my teeth into that one. Um, that's for RCE on the home base stage. Uh, so, yeah, really excited for that. Fantastic. Yeah, Maid Festival, definitely a premier festival in the country. And what I love about this year is they're taking it back into Digbeth City Centre. Well, Digbeth... Uh, Digbeth Centre, aren't they? Not City Centre, really, but Digbeth Centre and getting it back in the streets as opposed to having the, the big field in Wolverhampton, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. Uh, you're back in the Digbeth Triangle. So I haven't, I'll be honest and say that I haven't actually been to a made festival before. I'm not, I'm not really a big festival goer on the whole. Um, I've been to a couple of smaller day festivals, um, but not even in the, the drum and bass genre. It's more of like a rock, a rock genre. So I've yeah. been to a slam dunk festival, a day festival. That was really good. But yeah, I've not actually been to a to Maid festival before. Fair play. Well, I think this will definitely change you for the better. Maid does have a tendency to do that. It is a lot of fun, a lot of fun. So uh, another another Birmingham, uh, well, not Birmingham, another West Midlands resident that we've actually interviewed for this podcast is uh, Carl Sonication, who actually has a track with you on this release and he's also playing some of the same events have you ever crossed paths with carl sonication do you know who he is yeah i do uh me and carl know each other very well we're actually on the same team for rce so we're on that promotion team so we're running events together he, i think he handles the social media management side of things and i'm more the techie um doing the, the websites and um the mail outs and that sort of thing brilliant stuff yeah so yeah i thought obviously you two minor cross paths when I was uh, interviewing him as well earlier on this week. So obviously um, you've got a lot of gigs coming up in the local area. I do keep seeing you on all the major all the major flies for that over the last couple of years. Has this just kind of crept up since the pandemic then? Is that when you kind of started playing for some of the bigger promotions and things like that? Uh, yeah, I would say the pandemic was pretty much uh, like restarting of my drum and bass career. I've been doing it for a long time, but... Um... When the pandemic hit, I was furloughed for nine months. Um, so that, I just had nothing to do. So I got back into producing. I was doing like weekly streams on Facebook, uh, doing DJ streams. I think I just got picked up from there. And since then, I've just got, you know, a little bit more popularity and my name's got about. And I, I think I've been going to a lot more raves than I used to as well. So that's helping like putting face to names and stuff like that, meeting the local, the local promoters. So I think that's really helped. Yeah, it's it's invaluable. Me and, fully enough, Carl Sonication was talking about this, that, you know, if you really want to get gigs, um, you know, forget just dropping messages on Facebook and being lazy. You've got to 
you've got to get your face there, haven't you? So they can physically meet you in person and doing that networking. It's probably the most valuable thing is getting the gigs, isn't it? Getting out there. Absolutely. Yeah. And I can't stress it enough, really, that uh, it's really impersonal to to promoters to just get a message saying, have you got any gigs? Have you got any? When you've never spoken to them before in your life, the best thing to do is to get yourself down to the gigs that you want to play and show your support. That's it. I mean, before there was Facebook, you know, when I was coming up DJing, that's exactly what I had to do. I was traveling the lengths and the breadth of the country, you know, as far and wide. If there was an event I wanted to play at, I'd turn up and I'd speak to the promoter and just show some support for it. And obviously it's not changed now. We've just got other ways we can try and do it, which are obviously a lot lazier, but they're not going to have the same effect at all, are they? So um, about that time in 2021 as well, this is when you started having your first releases on Drippy Boy and Hot Q as well. Um, how long had you, been, had you been producing before those releases then, Ashley? Uh, so I've been producing quite a long time now. I was in my teens when I first started, so probably about 15 or 16 and I first started. I mean, they weren't, you know, they weren't very good, I would say. Um, but that's when I first started. It was like using Reason and that kind of Reason free, so really quite early. Um, I, I'd had a couple of releases prior to 2021, but they weren't at a good enough level now. I look back to have had them released and they were few and far between in the space of about seven or eight years. I think I had three. So I think since 2020 and the pandemic, um, I've had just a lot more consistency and a better way of working and my output's just been a lot more um, steady. Um, it's kind of tailed off recently because I've been quite busy, but. Uh, yeah, the the output still is still a lot more than it used to be a few years ago. That's good, and and obviously we've crossed paths when uh, you submit some music to us. I mean, this is not the only track that's actually going to be appearing on Dirtbox this year. We actually have a Comatose EP as well, don't we? Later on. Yeah, looking forward to that one. I think it's uh, another couple of tracks. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, really yeah. Excited to get there, mate. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a big project. Obviously, we're going to announce for this. Comatose will have his own EP. Um, but yeah, well, let's get this one out of the way first because there's there's definitely plenty to come, and I'm sure you've got some other music lined up as well with other labels this year. Uh, I think I'm in talks with a few, uh, and none that have had like the dotted line signed yet. I'm still a bit backwards and forwards on a couple of tunes and trying to make our minds up what what tunes fit where. Um, so just going through the process at the moment. Like I said, my output in the last six months probably hasn't been up to up to the standard that it was before. Um, but we're still, I'm still working on scheduling a couple, a couple for the later on in the year. Great to hear. Great to hear. Well, without further ado, let's get straight into the track then and have a listen. This is the lifting party after all. This is Gave You Everything by Comatose and Laura Proudman. I 
There you have it, an absolute phenomenal, phenomenal banger of a track. Can't get me words out there. This is going to be appearing on one of the two Vibe City albums out this September. So great stuff we've heard about, obviously, the vocal, Ashley, um, and obviously this being on the album. What does it mean to you to be on a project like this that we're doing? That's quite exciting. Um, I mean, even the artwork and everything is really like a massive high standard so yeah really excited uh to, to show it all uh, to show it to everyone um yeah I'm, I'm absolutely over the moon to be involved brilliant and when we are it's likewise as well mate so good to have you on here this track definitely takes a little bit of a twist to some of the others we've got a lot of different flavors happening on this album even though it is like a liquid vibe, this one does go into a bit of a deeper, darker territory through the track, but with an uplifting vocal, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think that tends to be my my typical style. Uh, even for my like liquid style tracks, there always seems to be some darker element to it. Uh, that's just the type of um, drum and bass that I'm into. I'm really inspired by like Amos, Enaya, a- as I've already said, Kazra too. So that kind of really deep dark stuff really like uh, stands out for me brilliant stuff yeah and obviously lots of this to come as well so what's the future plans this year then gig wise and obviously music wise can you announce any releases any labels or any gigs maybe some international bookings anything outside of the the west midlands area uh not at the moment i mean i haven't been fortunate enough yet to play any international bookings i'm hoping they come uh, so if anyone wants to book me for international, get at me. <laughs> uh, 
Um, uh, I've got a couple of EPs coming out later, but because they haven't, I haven't signed on the dot yet. I can't really say much about those at the moment. Uh, all, all tongue and cheek at the moment. Yeah. We'll keep it quiet for now, but keep a listen out for obviously what Ashley's got in store because this dirt box release he's got is absolutely phenomenal too. Listen, we'll leave it at that. Ashley, thank you so much for your time, mate. I can't wait to actually meet you in person. We're taking one step at a time, phone call, video <laughs> meeting. We've got to meet in person next. That's that's the next key, isn't it? That sounds good to me. Brilliant. Lovely stuff. Thanks again, Ashley. Thank you for the track. I'll speak Bye. to you soon. Yeah, cheers, Lee. Nice one, mate. Right. And so for our next interview, we welcome back to Yo DMB Raps. Uh, a person who has had uh, the full uh, Oprah Winfrey treatment with us in previous times on this show. Uh, we've got Ruben Beska. How are you doing, mate? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me back. Um, yeah, pleasure to be here, as always. Yeah, pleasure to have you. Uh, quite a bit's happened, obviously, since we last spoke. We'll get into that in a minute. But uh, I see you're in a bit more of a relaxed vibe today and not in the studio rocking the tats, sat on the sofa. You having a day off, are you, today? Yeah, I'm just sorting out. I'm basically just sorting the house out. We're having like a big, I do like an annual party at my house, barbecue thing. Yeah, that's on this Saturday, so I'm just sorting the house out for that, really. Sorting the garden out, mostly. <laughs> Every time I interview you, you're having a barbecue. Is, uh, are you sure you don't live in Australia? It's not, it's not Scotland, surely barbecue weather. <laughs> Well, no, it's actually due to absolutely piss it down the whole day. Uh, so I'm going around people's houses and getting about three different gazebos because there's too many people to have in my one my house. So <laughs> it needs to be in the garden. Well, yeah, a lot's happened, obviously, as I said, since we last spoke. Um, there's been a big signing for you. Obviously, we kept that a little bit quiet on the last one, but it's it's finally released now. Do you want to yeah, tell yeah. everybody what it is in case uh, they've been living under a, a rock? Uh, yeah, so I've signed to Program, so Ram Records, um, you know, their sister label. I <laughs> uh, had my first, you know, AB, like single, come out with them um, about two weeks ago. So that's been, you know, mega. The uh, the feedback from it has been great. And it's just, you know, it's a, it's a real step forward in terms of, you know, a foot in the door for Ram Records. And it's... Um, you know, it's a career goal that I had myself set like last year. I said to myself, I want to try and get something on program. Um, and I managed to do that, at, you know, because they've got such a massive roster of artists. It took 13 months from like me actually sending the contract to actually coming out. But so I've been sat on it for a long time. It feels great to finally get it out. Then they must be sat on a lot of music. Though. I mean, if you look at program as well, but they are releasing sometimes two, three times a month. So they must be sat on a whole heap of music for it to take 13, 13 months for you to get it out then. Yeah, I think what they do, I don't know, don't quote me on this, but I would imagine what they do is for someone like me who's never released with them, you know, I'm almost back of the queue and it's like, you know, have an idea of roughly, right, okay, we'll try and put that out then. But let's say then someone like Shanks or something comes along who's releasing them loads of times and they've got a release, you know, they might try and bump them up and try and get their stuff released if they wanted to, which is fair enough, I get that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even two or three releases a month. I mean, they've got some crazy A&R going, haven't they, really? <laughs> if you yeah. think about it. You know, I do regularly keep tabs of the schedule. And like I say, that you're always seeing something almost every week released from the RAM camp. And that it's, yeah, it's some, some crazy workflow over there, isn't it? Absolutely. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, and I mean, that program for me is just, you know, it's one of my favorite labels. I love, you know, the kind of, they're, they're so varied in style. And for me, who produces so much, you know, such a varied style, it's, um, it's nice to just have that in one label. It's good. For sure. And it, it's good for us as well. Obviously, you're coming off the back of a RAM release. We've now got you on this massive Dirtbox album release as well. So, yeah, good stuff all around, really, forthcoming. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So the liquid project that we've got on the track, tell us a little bit about it for everybody at home before we have a listen. Um, so it is um, a track that I produced oh, quite a while ago. Um, I had I was putting together a lot of liquids um, just for to send out to labels and stuff. I was producing Euro for a while, and I thought I would just try and hand it to a little bit more liquid again. Um, it was one of those tracks where I. The, the majority of it was done in a single day. So I basically, I just, I, you know, opened up the door. It, like quite often my routine is get up, have a shower, make a coffee, sit down and just, you know, have a whole day doing it. Um, which I actually did yesterday as well. But it was, it was one of those tracks that the, apart from the final mix down and little tweaks here and there, the, the majority of that entire track was done in a day. Um, I was kind of getting some influences from maybe Callis and TV's more kind of liquidy kind of style. Um, going for something like that, a bit kind of deeper rolling. The vocal is um, a splice sample, I'm pretty sure. Um, I just, you know, I wanted some sort of individual vocal. Um, and it was a track that I kind of had for a long time, was sitting on to potentially release with other liquid I have. Um, that The rest of that liquid ended up it's for another project that's coming out later in the year, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But, you know, that track, listen, when you asked me for a liquid, it was kind of just sitting there. So I said it to you and you loved it. So which you always seem to do with my stuff, which I'm eternally grateful for. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so it, just, it, was a, it was a no-brainer. After after the last, um, how, you know, how good you guys were with the last release, with the, you know, the Star Wars-related release, um, it was a no-brainer to come back. So, yeah. Oh, bless you, mate. Yeah, and it's it's a pleasure working with you as well. I had so much fun doing the uh, the Star Wars themed release with you. Even when we did this interview, we got the Star Wars helmets out and everything like that. So, yeah, lots of fun. And and hopefully, I mean, we know we're up. We've got you on this project. I do have you on have you on another project at the end of the year. So we'll let everybody know about that. And oh my God, this one is phenomenal. I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag though. That one is very special. But yeah, hopefully. Um, we can get something going down the line again when a couple of tracks come up for next year, maybe. Absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. So apart from Ram, uh, we've seen uh, a new release on GTA with you. Is there anything else in the pipeline? Yeah. Loads. I mean, to be fair, this month and last month or no, and, and next month, for some reason, I just, for June, July, August, it was just mental. It was like, I think two, two weeks ago I had, I think three releases in eight days, which was just mental. Um, so yeah, I've got another, I've got a single coming out on GTA, which by the time this comes out, it'll already be out. To be fair, it comes out tomorrow. Um, and then after that, it's a little bit quiet. I've got loads coming out on GZ Audio. Um, so like I said, I was doing all that liquids. I have basically a liquid LP that's going to be coming out on GZ Audio, um, which is every single one of it is collabs or features which was kind of why oh, wow. this, which was kind of why this track never really fat fit on that because it was just me so um 
but that that LP is getting released at the end of the year. There's going to be a release of like singles running up to it. I think it's about eleven tracks. Like I said, all collabs, all features. It's going to be titled Liquid with Friends. So that's amazing. Looking forward to that absolutely. And uh, yeah, send me some clips. Let's have a listen. Let's see what's forthcoming from Best. Can't yeah, definitely. Wait to hear it. So let's get straight into it. This is the uh, Vibe City listening party. And we are about to listen to the track called Listen from Beskar. Here we go.
So there we go. That was Listen by Beska. Of course, let us know what you think in the comments. Drop it below here on YouTube or even on social media. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Ruben, what a track. This really does single out the album for us. Absolutely phenomenal, mate. Thank you very much. Cheers. Yeah, I do like it. It's um, I like the the kind of how it has no drums or anything in the start. It's just this kind of like long, atmospheric build, and then you know when it kicks in, it has that deep vibe, and then changes into the kind of more kind of it's not four four, but it's got that kind of really intense kind of like lead sounds and pads like gated, gated um, dark side chain. It's just yeah, I don't know. I like I like the different segments to it and. Like I said, having that nothing before and then just that bang when it kicks in, yeah, good. Yeah, definitely. And, and on the album, as I said, we've got a humongous amount of tracks on the album. Um, this was one of the few on there that had a bit of a heavier bass range as well. So mm-hmm. accompanied with that, it does contrast a lot of the others. As I say, you you could literally a nice little set of some of the tracks here, like a Almost like a, not a harder liquid, but a bit more on like a heavy, deep edge to it. Does that make sense, what I'm trying to say there? Yeah, totally. And I mean, I think that goes, like I said, I was very heavily influenced by Callis and TB stuff. And yeah. They, they've never done any sort of, you know, just straight up like Kino or like, you know, that kind of liquids. You know, they 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 always have a bit more of a, yeah, a kind of deeper, heavier edge to it. And that was kind of what I was going for. Yeah, we, we've we've definitely been very selective across the two albums, which tracks go on which. It's not a case of one album's better. It's having an even spread of sounds. And even through then, the track listing, we, we've tried to build it up. So I think what you'll notice is you'll be very happy to put the track in the album when it comes out in terms of one through ten as well. It was, uh, it was a process that did actually take more hours than what it actually should just to select the track listing for it as well so yeah no i, I can't i can't wait to listen to it in uh in its entirety i think it'll be it'll be great um i know you just sent me it just there's so not a chance but i'm looking forward to it absolutely mate no listen ruben thank you very much for your time loving the track loving the album dirtbox present vibe city will be out very soon on all platforms beatport spotify you name it ruben we'll be speaking again very soon mate thank you for your time yeah. Thank you. Okay, and so without further ado, we have another guest interview from artists featuring on the compilation albums for Vibe City. This is a very special one. Not only have we managed to get two artists on one call, but both of these artists actually made one of the tracks together, and they're actually both uh, over in the West Coast of the USA as well. So quite a big time difference. I think it's about 8 a.m. So uh, introducing... Nick Spoonpy, how you doing, Nick? Hey, doing all right, doing all right. Good to finally speak to you almost in person. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, we've got uh, one of the permanent fixtures now on the Dirtbox label. He had a release earlier this year with us on one of our Cities EPs. We've got Marcellus, aka Composure. How you doing, buddy? What's going on, man? Glad to be up. Glad to be out of bed. Uh, yeah. Glad to be here. <laughs> Thank you for going up early, guys. Uh, obviously caught you both at breakfast time, while well, I can see, and, and getting ready for work. So we won't keep up too much of your time. We just want to get to know you a little bit better, give our audience uh, some background into what you guys are up to, hopefully get you a few more fans. And, of course, we want to listen to the tracks. This is the listening party for the Vibe City albums that are out any week now. 
depends obviously when I actually post this uh, this podcast up. So let's start by um, talking about how you guys got together on this. Obviously, um, Marcellus, we've, we've known you for quite a while. Nick, um, we received obviously a track that you've done with, with Marcellus, Profit. Tell us a little bit about how you guys came together to write this one, please. Um, for the past year, I've been doing events out here in San Diego. Um, we we're doing a weekly event. Um, I had been in contact with Nick for a couple of years. Um, we met through going to shows in Los Angeles. And before one of our weekly shows, I think uh, we had Spoompy coming out to play our San Diego show. Um, I had Spoompy over. We hung out. We did our usual thing. And we decided to, you know, work on a few tracks and maybe see if we could get a track done before the show. Um, we wanted to be able to, you know, put together a track that we could play out that night. Um, so that was kind of how we started working on that project. Um, I think we ended up with two songs that day. Um, so it was a really, it was a really good session. Um, Nick's a really great producer. Um, he, you know, he's been doing it for a while. Um, and the songs just came together. And that's kind of like how, you know, that project happened really. Yeah, I mean, Nick, you you have definitely got some great technical ability. It shines through on this track. And obviously, me and you have had a few little technical traps trying to get the master right for it as well. So thank you for that. But you've not had uh, like full releases for like Beatport releases and things like that yet under Spoonby, have you? Have you, uh, have you got no. something planned for anything like that? Uh, just still starting out. I uh, have my first one like on the horizon, though, with uh, I just got an EP signed for uh, Soulflex. So they're going to be putting out oh. some stuff and then i know the the profit tune probably on beatport as well right oh very good yeah absolutely it'll be on all platforms maybe we can get you guys involved in uh, our next project which is going to be the remix lp early next year so uh, yeah we'll, we'll probably have a chat about that and get something else sorted so marcellus you, you spoke about contact dmb this is your event in san diego isn't it can you tell yeah. us a little bit about it and how it started uh, yeah, Contact Drum and Bass uh, is really just a group of people, myself, uh, Tom, AJ, uh, my girlfriend Bowie. We all came together. We had an idea to create a weekly in San Diego. Um, the previous weekly that we were all going to uh, was called Organized Grime, uh, which still exists. They're a recording company. I love and, the Moriarty uh, brothers. Love those guys. Yeah. I've played for them a couple of times. Great event. Exactly. Uh, oh, they yeah. created uh, a really great legacy. And, um, you know, we just wanted to kind of carry on um, with that inspiration of, you know, being able to provide a place for people to see drum and bass weekly in San Diego. So uh, we've been doing it for about a year now. We started with these monthly beach parties. Um, we've had Nick come out to a few of them. And um, now we do a weekly um, every Wednesday night. And we've had uh, artists like Serial Killers, Sub Killers play. We just had Dave Owen. Um, so it's growing, and it's been really cool. Um, Night Stalker's been coming through, as well as uh, Donald Glaude. So it's been um, a really fun adventure, and it's just a great way to bring everybody together through drum and bass. I, I've I've said it a million times before. I'm 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 not sucking stones here just because you're on the podcast, but San Diego is one of my favorite places in the world to visit. Um, I've got a really good friend out there who actually booked me as well as the organized grind boys called Ramsey. I believe you know yeah. Ramsey. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, bad yeah. boy Ramsey. If you're listening, Ramsey, love you, man. Hope you're well. 
but it, it seems as though there's definitely a big drum and bass community growing even more out of San Diego. I mean, a lot of the drum and bass was obviously in, in LA. We'll talk to Nick about that in a minute. But San Diego is really a growing hub for drum and bass now, isn't it? Yeah, man, definitely. Shout out Moriarty Mob. Shout out to Ramsey. Um, shout out to Savage, SD Union, all the people, you know, keeping that thing going. Um, it's not easy, and it's just really cool to see everybody come together. You know what I mean? Uh, no matter what stage they are in the game. For sure. And, and Nick, you're a you're a regular on the Los Angeles drum and bass scene. What kind, what events have you been playing at over there? Um, just mostly stuff like down. Like I've played like a few things like uh, Orange County. Um, there's like a show near Costa Mesa. Um, that's which is kind of where me and uh, Marcellus started like um, hanging out again more, I guess, or or like started becoming closer because uh, he played a show up there as well, and like I helped out with like the visuals for it and stuff. Um, but nothing to nothing in LA. Yet. I still haven't played in anything in LA under Spoonfy. I'm kind of waiting for the big ones right now, like Respect. Um, that's like kind of on oh, yeah. what I'm aiming for. So I'm just like holding out and I've actually turned down some booking offers that are like just like smaller ones that yeah. I don't feel like will further my career, I guess. Yeah, right you've got to be a bit uh, you got to be a bit choosy in that, especially if you're building a career as well, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, so I don't mind like just working harder, like just like I'm just focused on the music. I'm just waiting until my music is good enough to where like respect has no choice but to book me, you know, like without any like favors or handouts, just like just purely off my music is what I want to do. No, I fully respect that. And obviously respect is, well, the name is in it, isn't it? It's one of the most respected drum and bass nights on the West Coast, probably in the USA. It's definitely up there. Definitely one of the top five. Machete's obviously sure. doing a, a big thing with that. Respect to him. I, I've actually been down to respect as well. Um, but there is a, I, I, again, Los Angeles, very well known. I played at Bass Rush there when they did a Bass Rush in LA. And uh, oh, do you nice. guys know, do you guys know uh, Massey, Drew Massey, the MC who does Upgrade as well? <laughs> yeah. We're, we're actually putting together mine. his uh, birthday show next Oh, month. wow. Uh, we're putting together like a little birthday celebration for him. Didn't you oh, guys man. do a, you get, didn't you guys do like a upgrade collab before too? Yeah, we also did an upgrade on the beach. Um, Drew Massey, he runs Upgrade Drum and Bass. And um, we did a collaboration show, I think, back in March or April. Yeah, what a legend that guy is. He was, uh, yeah, very nice host when I went over to play for him. Um, yeah, ended up staying at his house, went out to view a few record shops as well. Um, yeah, good times. So he's a regular down at your events as well then, yeah, Marcellus? Yeah, Drew's been coming out more and more, um, and now he's become a kind of a regular occurrence. Uh, he comes out to our weekly and our monthly, and, and we're definitely happy to have him. Um, you know, Drew's been one of the people that's been holding it down for years, um, way longer than you know, um, you know, I or you know anyone else on the team has been going. So he's really a good like mentor and guide, um, you know, to help us. So there's one question I've been dying to ask Nick in this as well. Um, it's pretty clear what your DJ name is and what it means, Marcellus. But Nick, <laughs> what the fuck is a spoon pick? It's <laughs> a good question. That's a good question. I've, I get asked that a lot, actually. <laughs> and so for me, I actually just made up the word. So it's just a completely made up like word that I just thought sounded fun. There's really no like 
real meaning behind it. Like my brand, as far as my brand, I, I do like have like a theme right now of like jellyfishes, but I, there's actually like no real uh, reason for the word spoopy. It's just like I was looking for every time I would like think of a cool name, I'd look it up and like it's taken on, you know, SoundCloud or other platforms. So I wanted to get like just a unique word that I can just like have the username easily on on any platform. So just at this, like nowadays, you kind of just have to make up a word to have an original name. It feels like. Well, it's uh, it's official then. Drum and bass have run out of names. Artists are Mm -hmm. going to make words up now for it. We heard it here (laughs) first. Well, I've got a task for you, Nick. This is what I want you to do, right? Anybody else ever ask you that question? I need you to make up an elaborate story of how that name came about. And then when somebody else asks you the question, make up a completely different elaborate story and just keep doing that. Until all these people have just got all these completely different random elaborate stories. And one day they meet each other going, no, this is why. No, this is why it's called Spoon Poop. That's that's for you going forward. You and need people fight over it. Yeah, you've got interviews. People ask, "This is your task from now on." I need you to do that. Trust me, it'll come out great. I promise. <laughs> so, Nick, you mentioned obviously you've been producing for a few years now, um, but I've never got to know just how long you've been in the studio putting tracks together, Marcellus. How long have you been making music? Um, probably about five or six years. Um, okay. that was like when I started producing. Um, <clears throat> I think Nick's probably been at it for a bit a longer than me. Um, but yeah, I started back in probably 2017. Um, just my friend gave me a copy of Ableton. Um, started fooling around with it, making noises, and kind of went from there. Excellent. Do you, uh, you have been producing longer than Nick? Sorry, I, I, I no, it's actually you said same. earlier that it was a bit same. <laughs> yeah, around the same. Um, yeah, I, I thought you. I thought you were the one that produced longer for some reason. I thought like, <laughs> like maybe like seven or eight years. But no, um, yeah, I actually just started the end of twenty seventeen. Uh, like I always like dreamed about it, and then one day I was like, you know what, fuck it, like I just bought a full studio and started started the journey. Fair play. Yeah, I mean, you guys definitely work well together. This this track and the other track I heard, absolutely phenomenal stuff. Have you got more plans to work together in the future then? Yeah, we do. Uh, yeah, the EP I was mentioning earlier, um, me and Mars actually have a track on there as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have that. And then we have uh, like another collab that uh, just kind of left as a dub plate for now. But yeah, we, we, uh, we've we been uh, having a lot of fun making stuff together. So there's, there's definitely going to be some more. I know there's also, uh, there was like an atmospheric kind of like PlayStation 1 oh. jungle track that we made last time I was over there. Yeah. So we might do something with that too. That one was a fun one. Oh, I need to hear that. Definitely get that one in my inbox. That sounds like fun. Absolutely. <laughs> so great to hear you working on music together. In terms of DJing, are, are you guys touring outside of San Diego, Los Angeles? Are you going to the West Coast, maybe even abroad as well? Is there any plans for that? Uh, that's definitely in the cards for me. Um, I'm looking to do something um, out of state for the next couple of months. Um, you know, I'm looking to do a couple of shows in like New Mexico, Colorado, um, and hopefully even New York um, this year. So 
that's really kind of my next goal is to just start being able to play out of state a bit and just kind of out of San Diego. <laughs> Colorado is really blowing up at the moment, Indeed. isn't it? There's some big stuff going on there. What What about yourself, Nick? Any plans like that? Um, no, not yet. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's definitely a, a goal of mine, though, to play uh, <laughs> abroad and over over in different states and stuff. Like uh, the scene over in Europe is what um, I'm hoping to to experience one day as at least playing them. Like I liked, uh, like I went to hospitality last year and the scene over there, it's like uh very high energy. Um, yeah. And sure. like in Netherlands and stuff, but yeah, nothing, nothing planned yet. Nothing planned yet. Where did you go to hospitality? It was in Albania last year. Ah. Uh, it, was a little get- it was a little ghetto compared to yeah. what I've heard <laughs> in Croatia. But yeah. um, but yeah, there was like some some issues with the the event and stuff. Like they had to like shut it down at one point. I think they got yeah. like extorted by the cops. Yeah, I I heard a lot of stories with that. Funnily enough, they are back in Croatia now. But I I did I went to the first two in Croatia. Phenomenal event. I didn't go to the Albanian one because obviously at that time I, I just had my first child, so I missed that. Thankfully, I did hear the stories. Um, but yeah, there's a there's a there's a lot of uh, uh, American ravers that were attending the last couple of hospitalities. One of my good friends, uh, Tika, Karen from Pittsburgh as well. She's been to the last few. So it seems like a lot of you guys are flying out for those parties. Definitely. Seems like the way to go, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, we are here as the listing party to listen to your tracks on the Vibe City album. So without further ado, let's get straight into the collaboration between Spoonpy and Composure. This is Profit. Thank you. 
Okay, phenomenal track again for two people who have been producing for around five years. This is definitely a high quality, high energy liquid track as well. Is if there's such thing as that, but I'm sure you get what I mean. It's definitely got energy to it as well, not as chilled on the on the vibes as as the rest of the album. But uh, how, how did you guys get this together then? What made you want to collaborate on the track together? Um, we definitely wanted to have a song to play uh, that you know we could play that night um we were only in the studio for a couple of hours and uh i know nick brought in that vocal he actually had a whole little kit of like stuff that you know we could work on and the vocal stood out to us um and we just kind of started playing with it and kind of you know making the tracks from there um the drums the bass and then just started kind of like you know adding different noises in there and stuff um what about you nick what do you think yeah, um, and we just kind of went off the theme of the vocal samples and kind of just let that inspire us. And uh, yeah, honestly, that that first night, we pretty much got the whole track done. After that, like all we did, I think, on it was like maybe a mix down. We had like one other session where we added effects and things. But yeah, we pretty much got the whole gist of it that first night. Excellent. And, and have you guys played this out plenty of times? You get a good reception with it in the States? Yeah, everyone really likes it. 
brilliant. That song. night when we played it, um, like I, I ended up playing it that night, and it was like the last song I played in the set, and it seemed like the one that like everyone liked the most. Like even Mars was saying, he's like, dude, it was like people were singing along to it. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent <laughs> stuff. Well, we, we, we've just set up the promo for this, so obviously the album's going out in promo now. I'm sure a lot of people are going to jump on this, and it'll be in the hands of some very big and important people in the liquid drum and bass scene in no time at all. So we'll keep you updated on that, guys. And moving on from Profit, we also have a second track from Composure. This is actually a remix he's done of a track called Not Enough by another Los Angeles DJ producer called Ty Jinx. Marcellus, tell us a little bit about how this came about. Uh, Ty Jinx is a buddy of mine. We've been uh, friends for a couple of years now, and he's been on his journey um, becoming a producer. And he started up Team Neuro. Um, he's been working with Jade from eBrain um, and a couple of other big names. And he's really built a brand in Los Angeles um, that's just been growing. And uh, shout out to you know Ty Jinx and Team Neuro, but. He had this song. Um, I know he's been working with you on a, on a previous track, um, and he sent me the stems for it. Um, I don't know. I just I, I heard it, and I was like, you know, I think I like this song. I think I want to remix it. He sent me the stems, and, uh, <clears throat> you know, that one really came together because the the vocals and the, I believe it's like a trumpet solo, a saxophone yeah. solo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, um, I don't know, just kind of like, wrote itself in a way and um it was just nice to put my kind of take on his songs because I, I do like his music it's it's nice it has a dark feeling to it um so it's nice to kind of be able to flip that in a way yeah you certainly did that it definitely is a, a massive contrast from the original um but of course this project was coming up and yours just literally fit the bill to get it on there so this is why before we've even heard the original then the remix is it in the shelves so uh, but no great track Let's have a listen to it now. This is the Composure remix of Ty Jinx's Not Enough.
Right, there we go. So, <laughs> got a little fucking. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Right, here we go. Okay. <clears throat> so, there we go. Another phenomenal track from the album. Composure is lucky enough to be one of the very few that has a track on both of these album releases, Volume One and Volume Two, out in September. Big up to Josh for obviously the original on this. Uh, Marcellus is uh, is an excited young talent in los angeles he's he's regularly in my inbox not always for the right reasons but let's just say that i do enjoy speaking to him um are you going to be doing any more work with ty jinx in the future uh yeah i am working on a, another remix for him um it's another one of his tracks i think it's one where he did vocals on it um so it'll be pretty wow. fun um definitely be an interesting project and uh you never know what's going to come out of uh, what josh has got going on so you know i'm just here for the ride yeah, he very much surprised me with uh, with this release, obviously because he is deep in the neuro drum and bass sound. So it was a it was a welcome addition to this album, absolutely. So we'll finish off with a couple of other questions. I, I did want to speak to Nick about some of his interests outside of drum and bass. Obviously, most of these interviews we talk about the tracks and how you got producing, but I noticed from some of your social media you've been heavily into the BMX side of things. Is that right? Oh yeah, yeah. Growing up, I was super into BMX, uh, skateboarding a lot too. But uh, yeah, I've always loved riding BMX, mostly like street stuff um, and park. But as I've gotten older, I've kind of uh, been a lot more at my computer than on the bike. <laughs> yeah, just uh, doing creative arts and stuff, which kind of like drew me away from that a little bit. But I, the love is still there, definitely. It is. Uh, unfortunately, you, you, when you get involved in, in this kind of music stuff, you end up with the old studio tan and uh, studio belly, don't you? And you veer oh, yeah. away from all these brilliant sports we're doing. Yeah, I'm the same. I keep forgetting to go to the gym because I'd rather be in here making music sometimes. So, yeah, totally. it does have its, uh, its, its yin and yang for it as well. What about you, Marcellus? Do you do, you do anything outside of music that's uh, be quite interesting? Um, yeah, I like to do um, a lot of rock climbing. Uh, I like to do, um, I like to go shooting at the range. Um, I find that pretty fun. And I like to do just a bit of like foodie exploring, uh, just finding new restaurants, finding new beer places uh, to <laughs> fill up that studio belly. Me and you would get on like a house on fire if we're here on SPL. I'm definitely coming to see you, Marcellus, first. I'm definitely coming to see you first. Unfortunately, Nick, you'll have to wait till second. I ain't going on a fucking bike. It's been years. But yeah, I, I do like that. I do like uh, a fucking. I, I, when I went to America, that was one thing I actually loved going shooting. Like, because you don't really get that here. Do you know what I mean? And um, I went to Vegas and we were. Honest to God, I got a picture of me with this gun and it looked like something off the Terminator. I've never seen anything like it. And the fact somebody put this in a drunk man's hands in Las Vegas and let him pull the trigger blows my mind. Absolutely blows my mind. 
So we'll we'll leave it at that. We just got one question to ask you guys. We've asked everybody the same thing as well. We'll start with you, Nick. What does it mean to be on a project like this, getting your track out there? Um, it means a lot. Uh, never had a release like on a label at all before, so um, just super grateful to to be on there, especially with some of the artists on there. Uh, there's like a few of the artists like Sonication, who I already listened to a lot previously, and. Uh, sick note as well i think i saw on there um but yeah it definitely means a lot to be alongside them and on uh on a label like dirtbox for sure thanks man no really appreciate it and as i said I, I i was completely blown away the fact that you've been producing for five years as well you've definitely got some amazing technical ability and um, as soon as this is out i i can't i cannot see why you wouldn't be blowing up everywhere 100 percent and what do you think of the artwork for this, Marcellus? Obviously, we've gone down a very different route, very bespoke. We're in the, well, we're almost in the LA San Diego region GTA flavor, aren't we? With a bit of a Miami twist to it. I always wanted to be in a GTA game. <laughs> there you go. We, we've made your dreams come true, Marcellus. Finally. Happy to oblige. Listen, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. I definitely want to invite you both back in the future as well. We'll do a bit more of a long, long tone interview if you were up for it. A bit more Joe Rogan, if you will, something <laughs> down the line, which I'm used to doing. Obviously, this one has been all about just interviewing the uh, the producers of the album. So just a, a few little shorts to get to know you. But yeah, I'd love to have you both back. Definitely. Definitely down. Yeah, it's a good time. Good shit. Yeah. Good shit. All right, boys, I'll let you get on with the rest of your day. It's, well, it's about 8 a.m. your time, isn't it? So finish off your breakfast. I'll be going and having my tea very shortly. But thanks again, lads. Much appreciated. Thanks, Lee. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, Ben. And next up, we've got another interview with one of the artists on the Vibe City album. I'm so pleased to finally get this guy on with us for a podcast um he's been on a big journey with us on dirtbox recordings for a while he had a phenomenal ep out last year which was just some four dark and dirty bangers you'll be able to find them on the back catalog and we'll talk about them shortly his name is harry lynch aka part of well was the lynch mob i believe but you'll better know him as sigmus harry how you doing mate you all right Hey Lee, yeah, how you doing? Thanks for having me on. It's great to uh, chat with you again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we obviously, the last the last uh, kind of face-to-face we had were when you come up and play for us at Raw early last year, wasn't it, in Birmingham? Yeah, that's a yeah, cool little venue there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Suck It and Seas, obviously a, a nice little jewel in Birmingham's crown. Um, we did do, do some parties at some other venues that year, but a bit of a funny year, wasn't it, coming out of lockdown as well. There was still still struggling to get people out, but it was a good night. It was a good night. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was a wicked night. So, yeah. So, a couple of questions I want to start with, Harry, because uh, I've always actually scratched my head about these, but never got a chance to ask you about it. Why the name Sigmus? What does this mean? So <laughs> I do get asked this from time to time and uh, you'd think I, I would have thought of a good answer by now. Um, but really, it all comes down to trying to find an artist name. I, I had previous aliases uh, before Sigmus. Um, oh, what were so, they? Let us know. Come on, is any <laughs> juicy ones? So, uh, before my drum and bass days, I was quite heavily into dubstep uh, and, and produced under Sikazade. Oh, um, that's quite a good name, actually. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I just felt like I, um, 
I don't know. It, it, it was more fitting for the, the dubstep era that I was in. And uh, I felt like a new name was needed for uh, as I entered into kind of drum and bass and other bits of uh, music. So, yeah, I um, just kind of plucked it out of thin air, really. It doesn't sadly doesn't have any any meaning or any uh, any particular uh, reason behind it. <laughs> other than I thought ah, we'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> have you ever been mistaken for Sigma? on a lineup <laughs> yeah so in the early days i kind of uh, say, oh yeah i'm sigmas oh my god oh i can't believe i'm meeting you so no i'm not <laughs> and uh, yeah in hindsight it's probably a little a little bit close but i think our styles of music are far enough apart and well yeah yeah you got so many artists these days with similar names anyway don't you so. it does it does and i don't think those boys are particularly woody i mean they're they're, they're in their own they're in their own atmosphere, aren't they? Those two guys, and you know, very nice guy. I, I don't think they're generally worried about stuff like that ever. No. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so uh, obviously, Sigmus is is one, like I say, one of many of your aliases. Um, another one I've come familiar with is uh, you're part of a group, or was part of a group called the Lynch Mob. So, could you tell me a little bit how that come about? Who's in the Lynch Mob? Because this sounds like a gangster rap group. You definitely <laughs> don't look like you're carjacking and gangster rapping in the uh, the hood of los angeles at all harry so tell us a bit about it so uh yeah lynch mob is a project between me and one of my best mates kind of known him from you know we're four or five years old um both got into music and we started collaborating as sigmus and j turn which was his kind of solo name and uh we worked pretty well together decided to make it a proper project uh as a duo act basically um so don't really know why he took my surname lynch mob in the name uh, lynch in the lynch mob name yeah it <laughs> but, works doesn't uh, it definitely a bit unfair on him he doesn't get his name part of it but <laughs> um it, it kind of felt like a name that was um you know had a bit of presence behind it and uh you know but kind of was quite a cool brand um being part of my you know my surname however you know with times changing and reflecting on various things and the negative kind of connotations that my surname carries with it um and the you know therefore that name we <laughs> yeah. uh, rebranded from lynch mob to south divide so um oh. yeah we we've had, had various releases we kind of uh back as lynch mob we were out on Full Cycle Records, which is uh, Ronnie Sizer's um, label, and yeah, various other releases on there. So kind of sad to walk away from the Lynch Mob name. Um, yeah. It's the music. times now, though, isn't it, Harry? I mean, it's a uh, like I say, the social media world now is everybody's very, very hurt by every single word, and you just got to be very careful, haven't you? Really, in that That's sense, it. so, it's understandable. Obviously, there's absolutely no ill meanings with what you do. I mean, at the end of the day. There's like rap groups and stuff that were using that name. So it's a pretty cool name, isn't it? But yeah. 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 I think it just uh, it was best for, for the future moving forward. But uh, yeah. yeah, so South Divide is, is now what we're kind of going as. But uh, yeah, got bits bubbling for that, but focusing on the uh, solo stuff at the moment. So as, as things going with the music at the minute, are you doing a, are you doing a lot of music as a, as a duo now then? Or are you still doing some Sigma stuff? So the great thing about it is, yeah, it kind of mixes it up. So when I'm hitting a bit of creative block solo, we kind of can push past that when working together as, as South Divide. So, 
it really keeps things varied but um I always find in summer it's so difficult to stay motivated with music because you know the sun's shining uh, you know there uh, other things take priority so I kind of find my music creative creation comes in waves and I think my creativity comes in waves as well I kind of have these you know real dead spots where I'm I try and I'll open logic and I'll try and uh, you know write some stuff but nothing comes out <laughs> you know nothing meaningful comes out so I let it I let it happen when it happens you know when I'm feeling in that in that vibe really so a lot bubbling there's a lot of projects which I'm working on um a lot of stuff which I'm basically ready to release uh but uh yeah it's just kind of getting it over the finish line and uh, waiting for those new creative uh, moments to come as well yeah for sure i mean obviously talking about releases um these two tracks obviously which we'll come to a little bit later we've obviously signed these at dirtbox for quite a while with two other tunes and one of the things is we've just been waiting for the kind of right project to almost to separate them because these two tracks that we've signed to the album they're very different from the other two as well so in terms of music we do have some forthcoming stuff on dirtbox for you still don't we along with yeah. the album absolutely yeah no it's great to be getting these uh tunes out there as well so uh yeah sorry and, about that <laughs> it's been uh, a while hasn't it yeah finally jeez <laughs> yeah no, this is this um, is the thing with labels though as well is like you you don't you don't just want to chuck releases out you really want to make something special with them and you know i it was a time like i say where we'd obviously got that out we had a backlog we wanted to get some other artists out but then when it come time for it it, it almost like those two tracks they seem perfect for this LP. So it, it just seemed like a natural thing to kind of separate it a little bit. And I think it's worked, hasn't it? I think these really do sit in the album well, definitely. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, just listening through it, you know, you've got such a wicked collection of tunes from, you know, very talented artists on there. And it's great to be part of such a, you know, diverse kind of collection of tracks. You know, it's all a li- under a liquid banner, but, you know, there's such a different vibe throughout that album, which just gels so well together as well so yeah, yeah it's should sure. be a part of it and you're obviously from um are you, you are from guildford aren't you you're from the guildford yes. area yeah, yeah you're from guildford obviously one of my partners in another label vto records dan traced is from that area as well but there's a there's a there's a big drum and bass hub in guildford that not not a lot of people know about but some of the greatest names have actually come from that area as well and and if not, just live there for a little while and things like that. Obviously, uh, Octave and he had a record shop down there, didn't he, in the Guildford <laughs> area. Um, and of course, a very notorious club for drum and bass, 30 Hertz. Um, phenomenal club, obviously, is very well known for drum and bass. And I believe you put on some of your own parties there as well, don't you? Yeah, that's right. So, um, yeah, we started actually going back probably uh, eight years ago now. Um with the events under our base science brand. And um, so Guildford, going back to the early 2000s, kind of before my clubbing days, um, for sure, but um, going back to the 90s and early 2000s, it had a really cool nightlife for underground music and drum and bass and whatnot. And um, that slowly got phased out as various clubs shut their doors and the council seemed to you know stamp it out i think um you know via regulation changes or whatever it was but guildford lost that it there was nothing there was no drum and bass event there was you know nothing going on for for that kind of music 
So me and a couple of mates, we decided we wanted to do something about that. We started the Base Science brand and uh, started contacting the clubs. No one would have us. No one, no one wanted Strong and Base in Guildford at the time. And uh, so we actually started at a small pub uh, in, in a little village outside of Guildford um, in Bramley. And uh, that was kind of where, where our origins began in, in the uh, events space. Um, she completely uh, packed out the pub to a bunch of ravers and uh, gave us a good case for um, getting accepted by uh, clubs in Guildford. So that's kind of uh, what eventually led us to 33 Hertz, which, yeah, as you said, is an insane venue for, you know, for drum bass. You've got a, a wicked um, function one sound system. You've got their lighting system, which is just awesome and, you know, very unique. So, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's kept us busy with uh, with with that for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, like I said, the stories about drum and bass in Guildford are, they're quite well known, as I say, for a, for a little town. Or is it a town? It is a town, Guildford. Is, yes, or is it a city? Yeah, 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 it is a town. So obviously that town is it's quite storied. As I say, the, the record shop as well down there, which I believe Dan worked at, I was actually um, run or managed by Optiv, as I said earlier as well. Did you ever go there? Yeah, uh, is it Dance Two? Is that the record? Yeah, yeah. That's it. very so, popular. Yeah, and well known record uh, yeah, exactly. um, I'm a not a vinyl DJ, so uh, I, I typically don't have. Yeah, you know, didn't go there for the vinyls, but um, yeah, I mean, it's an awesome place, and uh, yeah, know a lot of the guys that run that nowadays as well. So um, yeah, yeah, it's wicked, wicked place to get down to if you're vinyl hunting or uh, you know in, in the market for some some equipment. That's it. And what what about the event you're running? Sorry, what what was the name of the event again? So it's called Base Science. Base Science. That's it. And it, is it is it is it monthly or bi monthly at the moment? Uh, we're doing about three to four a year at the moment. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, kind of every two or three month three months or so. Who, who are the, some of the main artists you've had come down and play there? We've had quite a varied collection. So you know, get some of the the old greats like nikki black market mampy swift we've had down fairly recently um we've had current value which is more on the heavier sort of side of the, that was just before lockdown as well um start of 2020 and uh yeah that was um stressful times with uh, wondering whether he was going to get back to his uh country his own country after the flight uh after the event Crikey. um so uh, uh yeah molly collins uh recently had kind of ej kitto um yeah real kind of varied collect yeah sort of 360 full full spectrum drum bass is uh kind of what we're after so we'll get different vibes down um different events so brilliant stuff yeah, yeah I, like i say i do i do see it when you're posting on social media and it has um i have seen it on some of the artist pages as well so it does seem like it gets a little bit of traction for such a little area and obviously a, a smaller case event because it's it's not a massive capacity is it 30 years no so it's only about 170 uh capacity yeah. which makes for really intimate uh events which the djs you know their feedback is you know that was one of the best sets i've played it's so enjoyable that crowd interaction that you get and you pair that with the lighting and everything and it just makes for a really uh really wicked oh, yeah yeah you fill those clubs and there's something special isn't it when you're djing those like if you've got a full room with about two three hundred people those kind of sets go off big time don't they yeah 100 percent. yeah big time so let's just go back to the music a little bit 
um obviously talking about your previous release on dirtbox just to get people a bit more acquainted with what you do uh you released with us a four track ep called the primal ep uh just a little bit over a year ago uh, a year so, ago already <laughs> yeah yeah I, I believe it was february last year so um but those four tracks were were a massive stable of my set still are you know i still play non-existent and I still play power from the EP. So, yeah, definitely go online and check it out on Beatport, Spotify, wherever you get your music by Sigmus, the primal EP. Um, but, yeah, they they were very special. Are you still playing those tracks as well? Yeah, always find an opportunity to drop them into the sets. So, so it's, uh, yeah, it's great to hear that they're still being played by other DJs as well. It's, uh, yeah. yeah, I was pretty proud of uh, of what I've made with those, um, those tracks. So, uh, yeah. And they're a very contrasting to the two that we're going to listen to today again, aren't we? So you are like your event. You like to keep your finger in all of the different drummer based genre pies, should I say? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So obviously that was a, a pretty heavy kind of neuro um, EP. And yeah, upcoming is uh, two liquid tracks. So uh, plus the other ones as well. So, yeah, my my creation is never never pigeonholed it's never kind of um in one area and yeah. always comes from the heart so it's what i'm feeling at the time and kind of what is inspiring me at the time really so um and that extends out outside of drum and bass as well as as you know uh waiting on me to <laughs> finish yeah. some uh, other tracks for uh, <laughs> other projects uh that we've been we've discussed so uh, well, there's there's plenty forthcoming at the moment so you, you've got some time Harry. you're all right yeah. on your back but of course yeah i mean i we talk about obviously the style and how it contrasts it i mean if i was to pigeonhole these i'd call them the duttiest of the grittiest dutty rollers basically aren't they that's what they are i know that btk has actually played this ep a few times as well so awesome. it kind of makes sense because he's uh he runs a label called dutty audio it wouldn't it would not be out of place if it were released on his label as well i don't <laughs> think yeah so um let's get into these two tracks then um like i said i've been sat on these for a little bit of a while just waiting for the right moment to unleash them now we've got it on the vibe city lp you're actually one of the very few that is appearing on both albums. We've got one track, Storm, on the first album and Searching on the second. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a listen to both tracks today, have a chat about how they came about. And of course, if you like them, anything at all you like about the tracks, just make sure you're leaving that in the comments below. So let's start with the first track. This is Storm by Sigmus. <laughs> Thank you. 
So there we have it. Storm forthcoming on the Vibe City LP. This is a banger, mate. Love the pianos. Love those little eerie vocals in and throughout. A much different track than the rest of the album, which I'm, I'm absolutely loving the contrast that we've got. I've been talking about it with everybody when we've been interviewing them. Can you tell me a little bit about how this track came about and to be put together and obviously end up on the album as well? Sure. So, um, yeah, as uh, I kind of mentioned earlier, you know, the tracks always come from from the heart, really, and what I'm, vibe I'm feeling at the time. So I think this kind of represents a bit of a kind of moody, <laughs> moody vibe that I must have been in. Um, I don't know if moody is the right word, but um, yeah, so uh, I, I, it's, it's kind of hard to say really how, how these tracks come about, because um, when I'm kind of in these creative mode site they, they practically write themselves you know I'll, uh, I'll i'll write a little yaddo hook or something and uh, that will then just take me on to to kind of finish the rest of the track um so and you're yeah. all you're all software based as well aren't you you don't incorporate yes. any hard way yeah because they're, they're, they're very big warm feeling tracks i think the first time when i heard the the uh, primal EP. I, I was I was convinced that there was some hardware in that until you told me it wasn't. So, yeah, you, you've definitely got you've definitely got your sound. But it's great that this is just a completely different track, and it's almost like you said, if it's if it's a feeling you're having, these are like the mood stone to your to your feelings, aren't they? Really, these tracks. So, kind of know what mood you're in when you're making your music, I guess. Yeah, absolutely, and yeah, hopefully your <laughs> listeners as well can kind of uh, get some of that emotion uh, transferred across <laughs> to them as well as they're listening. So, uh, yeah. Well, speaking of emotion, the next track, "Searching," I, I, this is definitely one of the most emotional ones on the album. If you know to get a feeling from that, it's very uplifting, but it's also got that kind of edge to it as well. But let's talk about it after. Let's get it down. Let's play this one. Fourth coming on Vibe City. This is Sigmus and Searching. Thank you. 
there we have it searching by sigma's phenomenal track definitely my favorite of the two not that it's very easy to pick a favorite either harry but again very uh pr prominent pianos in this um big big bass line on that as well loving the sub um is this just the same answer to this how did this come about again just another emotion or was there anything behind it that put this together so kind of same again, really, which uh, is a bit boring of me to say, isn't it? <laughs> but we should have um, just bunched the answer together anyway, shouldn't we, for it? So, <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, you know, it's just uh, yeah, as you see, uh, these two tracks, I think, you know, like liking my breaks and them, and uh, just allowing that to kind of carry through, I guess. So, yeah, I mean, I've never heard a track of yours with a piano so prominently in it as this one mm, as well. I don't know so, why I love, love my piano. I think it is, it's great for just, yeah, con conveying that emotion and the, pairing that with the uh, the sub as well and uh, those kind of uplifting notes that, yeah, made for a nice rounded piece, I thought. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it is a bit as simple as that. Do you know what I mean? You, you can't always go in depth into a, a big story about releasing a track. I mean, like you said, something just happens and it just clicks and and suddenly there's the track isn't it it's uh, it's right in front of you to finish yeah absolutely so we've got these down we definitely have a couple of other tracks in the pipeline on dirtbox which we should have obviously scheduled very soon um we've remixed a couple from the primal ep so that's an exclusive for you here that's obviously had the remix treatment and i believe you're going to be on with a remix at some point for us as well aren't you yeah that's right yeah always uh, eager to find more excuses to get my uh, teeth stuck into a project so uh yeah yeah looking forward to that looking forward to it and of course um any other music any events coming up anything you want to mention that's going to be happening towards the end of 2023 so uh yeah keep an eye out if you're in the guildford area for more base science events we'll we'll be uh, having a little summer break but coming back in autumn uh, i haven't got a date yet for that but uh yeah always a good vibe there um personal music i've uh yeah got a number of projects which i'm kind of nearing completion uh both in kind of drum and bass and other genres as well so i'll be uh hopefully finding homes for those well hopefully with <laughs> obviously some of them will be forthcoming um dirt box or um whatnot so yeah it's uh a little bit quiet in terms of what's uh you know concrete planned at the moment uh outside of dirt box but uh yeah watch this space as uh lots will be happening yeah i mean i know you've sent me a few whips and stuff like that some some serious music ready to be launched there isn't it once you uh get to the finish line definitely absolutely yeah <laughs> so we'll, we'll end on that harry obviously one last question i have been asking everybody you know this is a huge project for us at the dirt box the biggest one we've ever done what does it mean to you to be on a project like this and what are your thoughts of how it's looking and how it's going to do? Yeah, I feel honoured, man, to be honest, to be, you know, listening through to the album and hearing the kind of weight behind some of these tunes and to be part of, you know, such a big project like this. Um, yeah, it's awesome. It's really awesome. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, the people are going to love it. There's something for everyone on there. You've got some of the kind of more, heavy you know heavier liquid kind of vibes and then you've got the lighter stuff as well and everything in between so it, you know it, it's it's a real eclectic mix of tunes i think which uh I'm, I'm proud to have my tunes sitting as part of 
Oh, no doubt, mate. Uh, and of course, I mean, if, if I'm brutally honest with you on this as well, it, it, your two tracks were definitely the the mechanism that sparked, you know, the thought process to actually put this together because I'd not actually signed any liquid tunes. I'd made a liquid tune that actually come out. I, I signed your two liquid tunes um, and then I got one other person approaching me with a liquid tune. And then obviously at that set, you've got you've got four or five liquid tunes ready to go. So it, it kind of sparked that idea. So it was one of the catalysts for that. Definitely. So I can't thank you enough because obviously it's been a lot of fun putting this project together. Um, and of course, getting all this wonderful music from people around the world as well. We can't fault it. Awesome. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, well, I'm glad I have uh, <laughs> was the inspirational spark for it. So <laughs> it was, it was. Keep it up, mate. Keep it up. Look, thank you very much for your time today, Harry. Really appreciate it. Uh, we have got lots to go through on this podcast, on this episode. So uh, we'll say goodbye to Harry now and thank you for the tracks. Of course, leave your comments below what you think of both Trapdorm and Searching. Catch you later, Harry. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on. Cheers. Cheers, yeah. pal. So the next guest we have here today on Yo DMB Raps, part of the listening party for the Vibe City album. He is one of the few on the album that's got his own single. It's Sonication featuring Rio, Hide the Lies. Carl, how you doing, mate? You all right? Yeah, I'm, I'm good, Lee. How are you? I'm good. It's been a while, mate, since we hey, been... spoke face to face, isn't it? Do, do you know when the last time was? I think it was... It was. Uh... Crazy and status gig I was playing at, yeah, yes, at, at Christmas time, wasn't it? Early December, yeah, that was phenomenal, weren't it? What a gig! Incredible, incredible, yeah, it, was a good it, night. it flies so fast, yeah, definitely. You had that uh second room absolutely pop. Well, can you call it a second room? I mean, to most venues, if anybody's never seen Crane, unfortunately, it's not there anymore. Um, it's it's a huge warehouse. They fit about 6,000 people in this one arena. I was playing upstairs warming for Chasing Status and Carl was playing. This is You can't really call it a room too because that room is big enough to be a main room in any other venue, isn't it? Yeah. Like 700 people. But you had it absolutely pumping, didn't you? Absolutely yeah. phenomenal set. Do you know what? I really enjoyed that set. And I was on first. Um, no, I was on second and I wasn't expecting anyone to be there. And then within 20 minutes, it was just like, I, I, it was a, it's such a great little room, Matt. Um, such a shame about Crane, really is, but it's the way the world goes sometimes, isn't it? So That's it. That was Birmingham's answer to Warehouse Project and Printworks, yeah. weren't it? And it, yeah, yeah, it's a shame. There probably is no other way we could have a venue that size in Birmingham apart from that one. So, oh, yeah. well. Oh, well, these yeah. things happen, don't they? But you're um, you're a very busy DJ on the circuit nowadays, Cole, from what I can see. How's that actually going for you? And has it been since I saw you play at Christmas? Yeah, it's been good. So I think, do you know what? I, I was just actually thinking about this before before you uh, logged on. And, and like, it's that thing where two years ago, I want more bookings, I want more bookings. You get more bookings. And then like, I want more, I want more, I want more. I'm still nowhere near where I want to be with the bookings. Um, but I've, I've I've managed to make some really good friends who I've got a good relationship with who trust me to sort of play for them regularly. So uh, like the Runcom lads, the guys at Casbah and all that. So it, it's, it's good. And, and I'm, yeah, I just, I just want more. It's been harder since COVID. COVID is definitely, I don't know if you've noticed that, but um, I feel a lot of, promoters particularly small promoters are playing things safe keeping things tight clo close to chest which i completely understand like i, I would be doing the same as a promoter and um, so it, it's it's been harder to get to get them bookings 
Um, but yeah, you know, we move, don't we? And we make the best of it to keep the scene thriving. Yeah, I mean, since COVID, obviously people were gagging to have the gigs, but it feels as though not many gigs, not many people are going out as what well. Yeah. I mean, the big events are obviously smashing it, but the smaller events have really been suffering, haven't they? It's been quite a detrimental it, thing for that. It's it's the um, I th- I think the big brands like you say will, will thrive, um, which is fantastic. Um, but the the independent the independent labels promoters and that the, they are struggling. Um, you know I'm I'm quite heavily involved with the, with Runcom. Um, we as a brand are doing well, but you know we're not when we are subjected to, to struggles, um, as many of the promoters are, and many of the promoters are giving it up or cancelling events. I mean, I've heard, I won't say what, but who, but I've heard of the grapevine of few big events from independent promoters are are going to cancel some upcoming gigs because they're just not getting the ticket sales, which is a shame to see. It's a ripple effect from COVID and I hope we will get through it. We will get through it. Um, But I just like, if there's one thing I can't stress enough off the end of this call is, independent promoters are the beating heart to the drum and bass industry and the scene um, and they, they need supporting we need to go out there and support them in any way we can you've got to and if you're an up-and-coming dj you know don't just facebook message these people is it go and turn up and support the yeah. event talk to the promoters and you will get gigs through it as yeah. well you know you've got to go tech all your mates because these smaller nights are dependent on things like that they they have to have those groups of people yeah. that's turning up to them. Yeah. And like I say, Runcom, the Casbah guys, you know, my hats off to them. They're they're really pushing it hard to try and obviously keep it keep it alive, really, isn't it? And keep the thing going. Yeah, it, it is, and it's it's like you say, go go out there. So a few a few artists exempt that have been lucky enough to just start DJing their bedroom within six months they're playing on worried about henry events and stuff like that a few of them exempt the reality is is as an artist particularly in drum and bass these these small nights independent promoters 200 cap venues that is where you're going to start your career and you're going to playing to nobody first set for a while um and that's how majority of us particularly you know people our age and uh, in and around the area that's how we started out um uh, so it's that's that that's that's the that's the beauty of it though, isn't it? And yeah. and you learn your craft. And like I say, some people don't haven't took that route. And they've been lucky enough to go straight to the top. Fair play to them. But the reality is, they're the, they're these events are the beating heart. We, we need to really support them. Bring your mates down, like you're saying, and, and pay on the door. Don't don't be asking for guest lists from a guy or girl you've met yeah. once at the event. Just get down there and and support. Yeah, and I think putting it on the promoters as well, I think I think there's a little bit of, of collaboration that probably needs to happen. Is One thing that we're very used to is you have your own little thing going and your own set of DJs and you don't really branch out with it. I, I think more collaborations need to be happening between promoters. You know, draw the line with any kind of beef you got where that's, that event's competing yeah. against me because it's the, you know, it's the only way to go about it, isn't it? You've got to, you've got to bring those crowds together because the crowds are still there. They're just, they're saving their money for something a little bit more worthwhile. And I, I get it as a raver doing the raving myself as well in the past, you are going to do that. You know, it's like, okay, I could see Serum play with a load of people I've never seen, 
or I could see Kings of the Rollers with friction with Jason's. Where are you going to spend your money? I, I totally get it. Yeah. So, you know, a little bit of that and maybe even just thinking of just new things as well. I mean, one thing that makes me, I mean, I'm 41 years old now, Carl, but one thing that yeah. makes me go to events is not necessarily the lineups, but what it is. You know, is it an event that's outdoor? Is it on a beach? Is it in, a, in an abandoned prison? Do you know what I mean? These crazy venues, I think, will, will be what kind of draw them out. But that's my 10 pence worth. I'll, uh, I'll get off the machine and uh, we'll move <laughs> on. So one thing I've noticed with yourself as well, Carl, is is you, you do have kind of a – you are based in London, am I right? Yes. Yeah. So obviously people see that in London. I had the presumption that maybe you were playing in London a lot, but I guess you're not doing as much. But you're really heavily involved in Birmingham and Coventry here in the West Midlands. So what's the story about you actually getting, you know, not just getting your work there, but being involved in these cities, but being based in London? I think I think when I because I'm from Coventry originally, and that's where that's where I was from. I've lived up and down all the country, like through work and stuff. But um, Coventry is where I'm from. That's where. I suppose my DJ career started being a producer was never on the radar initially for me. Um, DJ priority, I suppose it still is. Um, so obviously getting involved in the Coventry scene um, and then people like Noisy B and Toddler um, owe them too, owe them too much, give me my first bookings and still consistently book me to this day. Um, just got involved with them um, and then sort of Coventry is not a massive city. It's 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 a tight squeeze for promoters. So once you've sort of got a residency there and you've got to know a couple of other promoters, you, you become quite active quite quickly in, in Coventry as a city. If you put the work in, it's it's it's. Not, I'm not saying it's not difficult, but as long as you're networking enough and you're showing your grafting, it, it will it will happen. Um, so then uh, Birmingham, obviously being the next closest city. Uh, a city that's always overshadowed Coventry made it difficult. Um, that's not Birmingham's fault. That's just the way it is. Geographically, we're very close. And um, Birmingham's a, a much bigger fish with uh, much bigger venues. So it's uh, so naturally I progressed in, in, into into Birmingham and got to know the promoters, got to people, know people like yourself and just formed good relationships there. And they all sort of roll on. And I find some of the bigger brands in Birmingham uh, – have good collaborations with the smaller brands like you, like we were just talking about and so you know, get to know other people it, it just it's a link and as long as you're grafting and putting yourself out there it does come and then uh, i suppose the london link happened a few years ago just before covid me and my wife decided we were going to move to london because a work opportunity for her to came up where we we have we, we could live in london so we're like let's just do it and i was like it's a good opportunity for me to get bookings in london and just get to network more but obviously covid hit um so we didn't go anywhere for about a year and a half and then since then i've just been now networking and just trying to get get more bookings there it's not been as good as i want but you know it's a work in progress um london, it, london is a tough nut to crack it definitely is in terms is. of the gigs and stuff i was i was lucky enough um in the early 2000s to have a number of like residences around London for other genres of music and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, I, I, since I've got into drum and bass, I, I, I maybe get like one London gig a year. <laughs> you know, if yeah. that is, it's very tough to, to kind of crack open with what's going I, on I, there. I think without drawing back to our previous conversation too much, I think uh, for there's, there's, there is plenty of small nights, but the, the bigger, bigger brands dominate it. And like you say, they suck up a lot of the, 
the, the ticket buy-in. So it makes it harder for the smaller brands and then makes it harder for smaller up-and-coming DJs to to get bookings. Um, but, you know, that, like I said, that's, that's just the nature of the beast. That's how the industry works, particularly with drum and bass becoming so commercialised now and so big, which is amazing to see. But obviously it has its drawbacks, doesn't it, particularly to the underground yeah. scene. Yeah, well, it's great to get your insight on this call with the events. It's definitely something I wanted to speak to you about because that's where that's where our connection lies, isn't it? And um, we are going to talk about the music. But very quickly before I do that, um, the background of me and Carl actually comes from when he was DJing for me under uh, a duo that he played under called Bally and Boom with our good friend Bally. And of course, Carl here now Sonication was called DJ Boom. So you've transitioned into being a solo act this year as well. How's that transition worked for you? Because you were a duo for quite a while. Yeah, we were. Um, and I, th- I, th- I think we thought the time was just sort of right to do, do our own things. There, there, was, there was definitely some creative differences there. Um, and we thought it's not that it's run its course, but we thought for now, let's, let's go and try some different things and do our own thing for a bit, which uh, we're both both looking forward to. I think it's been, I've really sort of, as a DJ, I've, I've started to like almost find a new love because you're constant. I think in a duo, you're constantly compromising and that, and that's, that's very, as a creative, that's a very difficult thing to do. Um, as you know, it, it's really hard. Um, and I think me and Bali did do it so well. We, we compromised and we always found a good balance, but now doing my own thing, I feel like we don't, I don't have to do that. Um, so it's been really nice for DJing and, and sort of making music um so yeah it's been good it's been it's hard work as it's the thing is now it's, it's twice as hard work because before we could share the load um and, and that that's not the case now so it's sort of you want it to work and you want it's good things to come out of it because you you don't want it to be a bad decision so um yeah so it's been it's been hard but i am thoroughly enjoying it yeah now, I can tell, obviously, you've had quite a few releases this year. You're getting some very good bookings as well with some of the local uh, local promoters. For myself, I've, I've never really had that situation, and I can completely sympathise where you're coming from with the compromise thing. It, it is a constant compromise. I don't, I've never done that in terms of a DJ duo, but running record labels, um, I run this label, Durbox, but also run VTO Records, which is actually a duo. It's myself and Traced. And there, yeah, we have to compromise a lot because we've both got our own ideas and you have to meet in the middle. But then again, that can actually f- come to fruition of getting some better ideas, can't it, with stuff. So this swings and roundabouts, how they say, isn't it, I guess. And this is yeah. your uh, this is your second stint on Dirtbox. Obviously, you did the remix for us a couple of years, that phenomenal music remix. We've got this brand new track on the LP. But what else is in the works this year for Sonication? Have you got, are you working on any more music at the moment? I am actually, yeah. So um, music wise, I'm I'm in the process of put, uh, collaboration with uh, Vectral and Gemma Rose, who's just got a track out today with Blade Runner. Um, so go and grab that, really good. So yeah, me and Vectral, we sort of started talking on Instagram and uh, we decided well, let's do a collab and he's like do you know what i already have the basis from it down let me fire it over so we've been bouncing backwards and forwards and a few bits for need, needs a vocalist so Gemma jumped on board so that's a work in progress so and i'm looking forward to see seeing hearing and finishing up that, that final product because it's a track i'm really proud of uh, so we've got a few ideas where we want that to go and then just a few other little bits and bobs um i don't like having too many tracks planned too far ahead of time because i find 
even from as sonication for my first track to to now there's like i want to change I, i'm so indecisive i actually want to change the path change the style because i think i'm still quite young as nice so i'm still trying to find that sound that i want to sort of channel to so i'm sort of explore exploring each area still so i don't want to be too far ahead of the game um, and just t- take it as it comes uh, i find for me uh, like i said djing's always been the priority i think it still is and the production side is it just it's like accompanies that and and helps me get noticed and i suppose it's a different creative outlet but i i do struggle with production and it's a massive love hate relationship uh, for me uh, predominantly hate <laughs> but I, I, i'll always be the first to to know that i i struggle like i struggle with bad tinnitus so i really struggle to hear out in the studio in crisp air so i i really do find it hard but i'm I sort of do have something there where I want to do it. So, but ultimately it's to supplement my DJing. I would never sit there and pretend that I'm a big love for producer, blah, blah. It is a love hate relationship as I'm sure it is with many people. Yeah. I I have a similar situation with that. I love the creative process. I love gathering samples. I love putting together everything. What I hate is the mix downs and finishing (laughs) tracks. So I have, I have untold amounts of finished music that I don't want to finish because I'm sick of it. Or I just I can't finish. I can't find the energy to actually put into that as well, kind of thing. So yeah, it's yeah, you know, and I guess that's where sometimes collaborations can actually do you well, isn't it? So you're kind of collaborating to get someone to finish the track. So probably something I should probably look at and do. Yeah. But do you think you're going to go down the liquid route fully? Is that is that the direction you're heading for? Um. So it's it's weird to say that because I think initially. That was all, especially with me in Bali, that was something we always wanted to do was, was be liquid producers, liquid DJs. And, and we, I suppose we were solely that for, well, that was the intention for a little bit, but um, particularly coming up in places like Coventry, which is heavy in, in jump up and jungle, there's not really a lot of place for liquid DJs, not unless you want opening set for the rest of your career in Coventry. And uh, you, you'll know as well, like you've been on the circuit long enough that, if you're like solely a liquid DJ and you get for some miraculous reason, you're booked on a big lineup going on before Andy C or something, um, playing a liquid set is, is not going to go down well. So you have to be versatile with your DJing. But my production was always liquid, um, I suppose. But then I side it become harder for me to play my own tracks in my set. Like I can play more than one or two particularly if you're playing to a big crowd and if you've got like you know someone's for example i went on after headex a few weeks ago and i'm like there is no way i can start just dropping liquid tunes here and there like like can you imagine what headex crowds like they will have no idea what's going on and that's that's so i sort of like i need to start making some darker tunes and so i've been really careful about how i put them together because i don't want to just make them for the sake of it I want to be able to make sure I, I, I love it. So that direction, I suppose, I want to be a bit more open to where I'm going to go. Um, I'll still make liquid tunes. This one is my favorite, one of my favorite liquid tunes I've made. Um, so it's still there, but it, it, I don't think that line of that j- journey is is to be a full-on liquid DJ or and producer is is there yeah. for me. I want to be a bit more versatile. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've always said as well, like. Um, one of the greatest tools a producer can have is actually being a DJ in a club because you kind of yeah. see what's happening with your music. Yeah. It can obviously put you in a position where you are going to make stuff for, you know, the crowds and you start yeah. to understand what people are listening to as well. So, yeah, no, great, great thing there for us. Um, so the release, let's talk about the release. Yes. 
Rio, how did you get hold of Rio then? And how did this come about making the track? So Rio is, uh, my relationship with Rio goes back quite a long time ago from when I started producing. I say a long time ago, as a producer, not that long ago, probably about five years ago. Um, I was working on a track, uh, me and Bally were, and um, we needed a vocalist. And we managed to get hold of Rio through uh, Barry from uh, Fidget Studios in Coventry, who we know very well. Um, and he's like, yeah, I, I know a vocalist, uh, Rio. I can put you in contact with her. And then Barry... Barry kindly vouched for us. So Rio was like, Rio's quite an active artist. She's always moving around. So she's quite hard to pin down. Um, so she came into the studio um, within a minute and put down the entire, entire vocal, um, entire vocal for the track uh, with a great hook. So that sort of relationship sort of blossomed from there, I guess. And we worked on her a few bits and um, this in particular track was, uh, originally uh, quite an old track that was completely it was like more of a dance floor track and you know how it is as a producer you make loads of tracks that never see the light of day um, so I was I've, I've been playing around with the vocals I, it's a really good vocal I wanted to use it so I made Hyper Lies about probably about two two and a half years ago and then again nothing came of it and it just sat on the hard drive in a project as as, as you do and then uh, when I was at the start of the year, I was like making bits and bobs for the years. Yeah, like, how am I going to structure things? How am I going to release tracks? Who 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 am I going to send to sign to? And I was going through, and I was like, do you know what this 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 has a this has potential, and I really like it. It just needs a bit of work. So I went back in. And I just adjusted a few things, and then yeah, the out out came final product. So I hit real up. I was like, if I send this out for release are you okay she's like yeah yeah go for it and then look as i was about to you you dropped into my inbox like i'm doing this club have you, have you got anything of this i was like yeah let's do it so yeah that's how it came about no very happy to have it the vocals are phenomenal um in my eyes as well definitely one of the best tracks i've heard you do so i'm i'm very Thank happy you. for it to be on this album it's one of the standout ones i mean it says for itself we, we've obviously put this as one of the four album samplers so there's four singles on this and obviously uh hide hide the lies is going to be one of them so talk is cheap let's have a listen to the track this is the listening party and uh, we want to give people a feel of what's going on with it so this is sonication and rio hide the lies
there we have it phenomenal track i'm sure you agree carl thank you very much for your time today thank absolute you. pleasure for you to see you again mate and you we must link up soon yeah 100 percent. let's get something done when i'm done changing nappies of course because the baby's still <laughs> taking up quite a lot of time oh, yeah congratulations i'm hibernating i'm hibernating <laughs> still hibernating hibernating what's next for you then do a couple of quick plugs if you want as well yeah so um i've got made festival i'm just trying to think like when this goes out what events are whatever we've been out so i've got made festival at the end of this month which i'm really looking forward to um, got my usual bits at Casbar. They've got some good DJs coming up, some focus. Um, and they've also, oh no, I can't, I'm not allowed to say. <laughs> I, nearly, I nearly dropped myself in it there. Um, but yeah, some focus has been announced. Can't say the rest. Um, and then Elusive Festival, which is a festival I, I really love. It's a small independent festival and they just go mental on the stages and like some insane design. It's so much creativity through the festival. Um, so, yeah, and I've got a couple of guest mix coming up um, with some good labels. So, yeah, just keep an eye on that. Excellent work. Yeah, as always, we're going to be seeing you on the DJ circuit. And yes. keep an eye out for your music as well. Absolutely. Perfect. Carl, thank, thank you, you for your time, mate. We'll speak to you soon. Bye. Okay, so we have another northerner on the show now. Back from the homelands where I'm from in Yorkshire. We have got Brent Kilner aka Varkid. Brent, how you doing, mate? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right, thanks. It's lovely to hear another northern Yorkshire twang, mate. Don't get enough for it round here. And now, to turn it down a little bit. No, no, your volume's good. Your volume's good. <laughs> turn it up even. I need to hear those twangs. That's what it is. All, all the these and thas start coming out in this interview lot. I'll be talking just like it by the end of it. <laughs> So I'm going to start off from basically how our relationship started. Um, I got in touch with you around 2019, I think it was, or early 2019, um, because I heard this bootleg that was going around the internet, everyone going mad about. And it was basically uh, the Feedem to the Lions garage baseline track mashed up with DJ Zinc, mashed up with uh, 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 Temper T. There, there was loads of tracks in it. Um, and that's what got me recognised. That's what got me to recognise you as an artist as well. So, when you made that track, what were your intentions with doing it? Because it is a crazy bootleg, isn't it? I mean, um, I seem to find most fame for all my um, bootlegs that I did. Like when it, whenever I upload an original, I didn't seem to get anywhere with it. But as soon as I did a bootleg, every single time up for free download, my me, me, me followers, my me play, me players, every bit of feedback I got just shot through the roof on bootlegs. So obviously that set me on doing them. Um, and I think it was around the time when Predator released the actual, I don't know if it were an original that he did with Solo 45 or were, were it a remix? Another one that they were doing really big rounds. Were a, yeah, I think that I think that was the original track because Predator produced it, didn't it? Yeah, it yeah. Produced by Predator, yeah. Yeah, and I think... Um, I think I just stumbled upon the vocal one day and I just thought, yeah, I've got to do that one line. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. And it goes that I mean, the, the only the only thing about that bootleg I don't like is it plays so many of my favourite tunes, I can't play them in the rest of my set because it just combines <laughs> them all in it. But I suppose that's a good thing, more room for more. But yeah, I, I definitely like there were some ridiculous amounts of plays on that. I think I found it on SoundCloud, something like that. But yeah, that, that made me see you and, and notice you. And I was like, you know what? 
I'm going to hit this guy up definitely. So, and, and there we go from that. But obviously, the, the, the first time we've spoken around this, it was for I just launched the RU Serious label, which is my other imprint, which is Garage and Baseline as well. Um, and we got uh, we got a couple of tracks from you, didn't we? We got Searching and Just Can't as well, weren't it? I believe. Yeah, I mean, that's when I went down another route, I think. I was kind of the bass, like, and we're getting a bit stale. I didn't really like where it went. Like the scene, it, it, it kind of shifted too far away from the like original bassline sound. And I weren't really keen on where it went, so I started going back towards more garage speed garage vibes. That's where that one came about. But yeah, yeah it was something I normally delved into, to be honest with you. I don't know. I don't know but yeah, they, they both turned out really, really nice tracks. Like, so. Yeah, it was it was a very early track on, on our label and it kind of established you as a bit of a core artist for us on RU Series as well, because you've, you've been re- releasing on that label with us ever since, haven't you? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I did release True as well. I, I actually mm. thought True were prior to uh, no. searching. Were it not? No, it was, it was just happening. Yeah. It, it were close by, but weren't it? Were, yeah, uh, th- there was maybe two or three releases in between it. Like if Yeah, that, yeah. I, th- I think we really signed them just one after another as well, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. But that and um, the yeah true and and of course the Romy remix they they were probably two of the most successful tracks on label because we had like EZ Flavor D everybody was playing those weren't they for us yeah we yeah, got yeah. some good traction and then um, I mean even before that like I said I noticed you around 2019 but your catalog in terms of official releases goes back as far as 2013 so it's been about ten years this year you've had official releases as Brent Kilner isn't it. Yeah, me my first official release were on um Bear Fresh. That's which it. is uh it, it's run by Rob Tanzi, the, the original in Crown Jewels, but he's uh it's called Kosher Audio now. Uh he actually hit me up for it. It were a resonate track that me and one of my friends used to collab that were that was as alias together. Um and he hit me up for a, a release on a um a compilation. I mean looking back the tune is awful. If I ever hear it back now, I even took it off me on SoundCloud because I didn't like it that much. But yeah, that's the original release that I ever had. But I mean, that were six years into producing, maybe, before I actually got recognised for anything, really. So you'd been doing a music for a good enough amount of time before you had that release then, didn't you? Definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm 32 now. I think I must have been 19 when I started, maybe, Fair around that time. But I mean, it was just... I, whenever I learn to do something, I can't watch a tutorial or anything like that i have to just work it out for myself and obviously yeah it's a you can't really do that with music you need you need somebody to show you the ins and outs of it so the first four years were literally me just throwing samples in no idea about compression eq or whatever but i enjoy myself anyway, <laughs> so. i had a, i had a very similar interview on on this show with uh, lemmy dubs who's just released on the label and he was in the same position he went for years without even discovering that you could have tutorials and things like that so he was just literally just throwing random sounds into tracks and trying to create dubstep which obviously you have a background in as well don't you yeah yeah that's why i originally started with dubstep like um yeah, I'd rather not talk about it. <laughs> not, not an easy genre to actually produce as well. To get those bass sounds sounding right and the subs, very, very tough to make as opposed to Speed Garage, of course. Yeah, definitely. But um, I suppose when I was started making dubstep, it was still in like the, the Jakes era. So it was more just like your low wobbles that weren't too bad. Because I did use those Reason originally, and obviously the Subtractor BST on Reason is just perfect for stuff like that. And that's how I ended up doing bassline actually because that's where all the original 
four before bases came from subtractor and reason. Yeah, it, it, it's saying something that I, I literally forgot that that existed. I, when I was saying dubstep then, I'm thinking a big tear out front case. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, before then, there was much better dubstep. And it, again, it, you were easy. It was easily to be produced, like Hatcher type of stuff and things like that as well, weren't it? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, once they released this, yeah, proper dubstep, of course, <laughs> yeah. Scream and Benger area and things like yeah, that. But, I mean, even myself, when when it got to the tearing out stuff, that's kind of when I fobbed it off after about a year or two of that. I got sick to death of it. Yeah, it's a bit extreme. Isn't it? I do like it every now and again, but it's more to, to train to a gym. We've got, um, we've, got, we've got a good drinking game for dubstep. We used to play this back in the day. Basically, what you do is obviously make sure you've got your drinks and... Yeah. You've got to, so basically me and you are playing this. I tell you a, a track. It can be anything. It can be from the, you've got to give an era. So it's got to be like 60s onwards. It's got to be something out there. So I could say Huey Lewis and the News, something like that, back in time from the thing. And what you've got to do is you've got to go online and you've got to search for a bootleg, dubstep bootleg of that track. And if you don't find one, you've got to have a drink. Trust me, you can almost get through this game without having a single drink. Yeah, there's I was about to say that. Dubstep bootleg of everything on YouTube and SoundCloud, unbelievable! Like literally, some we were we were trying to catch ourselves out just to have a drink. We were parched, like couldn't get through it without it. But yeah, I mean, obviously, when you started producing as well, um, the releases come thick and thin, didn't they? I mean, you were on some pretty big labels after Bare Fresh. You got four forty, three thousand bass. Obviously, LW Recordings is is quite a big one as well. So yeah, they were yeah. all they're all falling into place like dominoes after that, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, when I listen back to the music I were making at that point, the production like quality is so bad. Honestly, I'll be the first to admit it, but I think it's just because I were I were kind of doing my own sound sort of thing, so it was just fresh to people. So that's why it got so much traction, I think, in it. Because basically what I did, this whole baseline thing, I never meant to get into it. Like so obviously I'm from from Barnsley, which is really close to Chef, so it's obviously the four four baseline scene. Um, but obviously I made dubstep, so I was like, what if I made the dubstep basses over bassline drums? And that's how it started. And then obviously if you listen back to most of me tunes from like five years ago, you can still hear that in, in them all. So I just kind of fell into this bassline scene without actually ever been intending to go back into it. Yeah, but you caught some ways with it. I mean, like I said, obviously those those labels came thick and thin, and I, I believe you even got a track on Holy Goose Fabric album as well, doing that stuff, didn't you? Yeah, well, me and Holy Goose for well, we were really pally at one point. We um, he's been to mine, I've been to his house. We never finished the tune. We collabed every time and started something, but we never finished it. But obviously, his like his work ethic in this scene is is just like it's a business to him, and he's so good at it. He's just absolutely skyrocketed. So at one point, me and him were like. Yeah, send each other tracks, and then obviously he just he just blew up massively. Yeah, well, there's a, there's those flyers. Are you playing in Birmingham? You were like three names above him on flyers and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, as well. I mean, and that, that was that only just, like six, seven years ago or something. Yeah, well, that just shows just how long I've been doing it. Really, I think like, I remember yeah. they, we, we played in Bristol. Uh, it's got to be eight years ago now, and Skepsis were at the bottom of the flyer. <laughs> so that just shows how long I've been. Yeah. <laughs> Well, a lot of the, a lot of those boys have been playing in Birmingham. Obviously, Tom Short has big up all the O two three one crew. They they've been booking almost everybody since day one, haven't they? From Chris Lorenzo to Red Light when they first started. You know what I mean? They they booked everybody in the bass and garage scene when they were nobody. Yeah, they, really? 
They're really yeah, yeah. For it. So, I mean, you talk about timelines and that, and, and we know, obviously, you were producing, as you said, a good five, six years before you started uh, releasing. Tell us tell us, and put together the timeline of the music then. So, you know, what was your first love in music? What got you into DJing to then get you into producing? I'm going back here. Uh, <laughs> do you know what? So when I were about... Nine, ten. I mean, I've always been into music. It's just one of the things you just you either are or you are, aren't you? Yeah, I think I'm more after the dance music type of thing because obviously the music that led you to DJing and producing, really. Yeah. Um. So as it initially started with when I was around nine or ten, I got bought this this. Yeah, I can't remember what it was called it like a Yamaha like a like a little sample box, and it was preloaded with loads of trance and hip hop and everything. You could just alter it. Like EQs cut off, so nothing really. You couldn't produce on it. Or really DJ on it. It was just like I don't know. It's hard to explain. You just strip samples out and stuff, and that's the first thing that I got. And then I got some, I got some Bush acoustic vinyl decks from Argos when I was fourteen. <laughs> the mixer had a crossfader and two faders. That were it. There were no EQ or anything. Uh, I had no idea where to get vinyls from, so my mum gave me all her seventies vinyls. I again, I had no idea how to do it. I had nobody to show me. Uh, but yeah, I got back into it proper when I was about eighteen. So we offered me some some vinyl decks for cheap, and I got a load of um, speed garage reflective and echo vinyls from. What, what year was this then? When you was eighteen? This, this, sorry, this was two thousand and nine, maybe. Oh, so just something like this. I was I was only asking that because I used to uh, be a manager at Reflex Records in Sheffield, but I left about two thousand and four. Right. So obviously, if it was a bit beyond that time, that was the hub, weren't it? All the reflective stuff and big and they all come from Reflex Records in Sheffield. Yeah. And I was uh, I was like the sales manager there. I bought all the releases in. But yeah, we we obviously just missed each other then around that time. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, in 2004 or 13, so yeah. I would have been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, well, that hard to find records. Yeah, of course. I actually worked there when I moved to Birmingham as well. About well, that's where I got all the vinyls from. So you probably. Yeah something to do with me getting them at some point yeah my timeline might have matched up it was about it was about yeah about 2009-10 when i was actually working hard to find records yeah did that for about that time yeah so yeah yeah. maybe so maybe so i I dealt with a lot of equipment and i was on the floor a lot as well i did some of the orders with the vinyls but yeah it's, it's funny isn't it like obviously sheffield and yorkshire and then there's a big space and then birmingham they are prime for the baseline aren't they basically it's yeah but it's very selective in the cities and areas in the country that pick up on it, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you get the odd, I mean, like, Uddersfield were always really big, and you get the odd area in Leeds, but even with that, you didn't really get a lot of it. I mean, I literally, as I started going out, being allowed out to clubs, it was literally just on the tail end of when the baseline scene were at its biggest. Yeah. So I obviously yeah. got, got, to the, got to see it just, like, I, I, I'm not old enough to have gone to niche, it closed not long before I were allowed to go. So I never got to experience that, which I'm pretty good about. They did a few um, tribute reunion nights after, but yeah, it, it sure. I, I used to go to Niche quite a lot when I had nothing else to do at the yeah. end of the morning and I was fucked out of my face. But yeah, was, uh, <laughs> that's another story entirely. I wasn't, I wasn't like when I worked in the shop, I fucking hated Speed Garage. I really hated it. And it wasn't necessarily the music because some of the older stuff from the mid 90s, that was good. But it was like the current stuff at the time, it was very underproduced. And we'd always have some right fucking monkeys come into the shop off the tits on a Saturday morning, just straight from the niche. And they'd be there bothering you all day for records that they'd never buy. So I used to get 
fucking fully pissed off with it like i, I was just weren't on board and it took a few years after leaving the shop to actually start to you know like the music and the baseline house obviously got me got me back into it as well you see but yeah uh the niche days wow wow that was uh definitely something else weren't it for yorkshire definitely oh yeah definitely. yeah yeah so just going back onto your music i mean like i said from that point you're releasing you've been pretty consistent especially as brent kilner you've, you've had numerous tracks across numerous labels spanning those like i said the last 10 years very consistently what would you say is the biggest bit of advice you can give somebody to to have those consistent releases and you know keep well not churning them out as well because they're all like i said they're all good ideas in their own right obviously you're going to hate some of your older ones but you've progressed and progressed and progressed and you've always had labels releasing you how's that happened for you do you think i mean it sounds like a cliche but you've just got to try and bring your own style into it if you're just making these cookie cutter tunes that sound like everybody else's they're just 10 a penny and nobody wants to hear them you know what i'm saying like it's you've got 20 tunes. yeah yeah they just throw away tracks and that's all it seems to be at the minute like it's just saturated with people just copying each other and it just don't like, I know, I get how it is, you, you make a song and it sounds like a song that you really like, so in your head you're like, this is really good, but you just need to try and alter it, because you're not going to stand out for anybody if you if you just, don't even like go for a genre, just start making a song, don't even set the BPM, just start throwing samples in from anywhere, get a jazz sample, get a, do you know what I mean, and just see where it goes, that's how I ended up making drum and bass, I never intended to do that, but I just made a bass line, I was like, that'd be so much better in DMB. so I just ramped you up to 172 and then I just started making drum and bass like it's you just gotta have fun with it it's not a job I mean it is for some people but it's not for me it's an hobby and if you're not enjoying it then what's the point yeah well I mean that kind of answers my next question as well I mean you've been such a permanent fixture and are you serious you know it's it's kind of we've always been talked about garage music and then suddenly one day you send me this fucking drum and bass track Obviously, knowing that I run dirt box and and literally my balls are on the wall, I'm shitting my pants. Bring the fire, I think it was, weren't it? That was the mm. first one, and, and burn as well, and burn. Yeah, yeah. So, what made you? Like I say, I know you said you just ended up just doing it there, but what made you actually just finish it and think, you know, I'll finish this as a drum and bass track when you were you were quite successful doing bassline still? Um, I think the bassline stuff were just getting a bit stale for me. Like I, I would just get, like I said earlier, you, you've got to enjoy it, and I weren't. I weren't enjoying it. I was putting tunes out that I didn't like, deleting tunes. I've got folders and folders of our finished tracks from that, like, timeline. Um, and, yeah, I think, because I used to put a lot of Amen breaks in my baseline tunes, and I think I just already had one downloaded. I, I dropped it into a track, and I was just like, oh, maybe I should make, like, a, like a really old school, like, Dillinger, and where they just had, Amen breaks looping and looping and looping. I just thought, so I just started messing with an Amen break. I was just pitching it up, bring it down, filtering it, and then it just came from there. Found found like that Raga sample. Yeah, it just uh, it just came together really well. It was only a few hours work that tune. Well, when we got the EP together on Dirtbox, like I said, it was three tracks. There was Selector, Burn, and Bring the Fire as the Bring the Fire EP, which came out last year. And um, yeah, but Bring the Fire for me is last year is the best drum and bass track I had. It's it's never left my sets. In fact, the only reason it's left my set now is because I've got a fucking remix of it. <laughs> That's the only reason why I've not been playing it. <laughs> but again, it's like I say, absolute for somebody who just kind of fell into doing that and for the first release, phenomenal. And you mentioned Dillinger. Obviously, when we promoed this, Andy C 
Dillinger, some of the biggest names were actually supporting this release as well, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. That's mad because uh, I, I did use Lusted from a bass at school. I was really big into it. Um, and obviously, these are all the names who I, who I used to listen to. These were like the top dogs. So it's just mad to see my music getting put to them when it's not even really something that I do usually. It's just strange. It's just weird how it all came together. <clears throat> yeah, I like I said, these things just happen, don't they? I'm just the lucky one who gets to the first to fucking hear it, so I get to put it out, which is obviously phenomenal for us. And, uh, you know, talking of which, and we'll come on to this, there's a lot of new music obviously planned on Are You Serious? and, of course, on Dirtbox. Um, but you've got two names now, both getting a bit of traction there. Obviously, you've got your Brent Kilner on, and obviously Barkid, who is basically doing the drum and bass. How are you going to be managing both names? I mean, are, are you happy with having these two aliases? Do you think it's, you know, do you think it's handleable? Are you going to be pushing them both just as much? What's the future? Um, no, I would, so like the break killing stuff is like my baby. It's the thing I've been doing since I started. It's the same profile, and it's just that's that is what I always will be. That one baseline side, but I do enjoy switching up and making something else. So that's obviously what Varky before. We never Varky were never actually meant to be like no. specifically drum and bass, it was always going to be anything but bass line. So that's why I've got some releases on that that they've arcade like speed garage. That's it. Because that's originally where we were going to be, but I, they kind of like blended a little bit. I've got a little bit mixed up. Maybe maybe I shouldn't have done the speed garage on barcade and stuff like that. But anyway, it's done. It don't matter. Uh, but yeah, any, anything that I make that isn't bass line is, is the barcade. And that's more of the, when I'm on a break on the bass line stuff, I, just, I feel... Um, the issue that I used to have with baseline is I had people were expecting something of me. You get what I'm saying? But when I do the Varkid stuff, nobody is. Like originally, I was never going to let anybody know it was me. I was just going to put it out there just to upload. If it got, did well, it did well. If it didn't, it weren't the end of the world. It was just something that I enjoyed doing, you know what I mean? So, I mean, yeah, they, they, I'll put most of my effort into my brain killing and stuff. But I think that, it takes the weight off my shoulders for Varkid, so there's no pressure for me to release things. And that actually, like, it benefits me, if anything. It makes me get music out at a higher quality because I'm not stressing over it. I, I definitely know what you mean with, obviously, the stuff that you're sending me through. There's, they don't, it doesn't feel like you're restricted. You, you're sending me all sorts. You're sending me rollers. You're selling me tech. You're sending me liquid. You're selling me bouncy stuff, jump up. And it just feels like you're having a lot of fun with it when you send yeah. these tracks. Do you know what I mean? You're not trying to be constrained in any way. Yeah, because obviously under Brent Kilner stuff, people are expecting a certain sound from me, which I'm trying to switch up a bit at the minute. But it's still, it'll still always be that way, I think, personally. It's what I'm known for. I mean, that's why I didn't want to do drum and bass through the, my Brent Kilner stuff, because I'd be like, I feel like people would be saying, well, why, why is he making drum and bass now? Yeah. So yeah. that's why I just wanted it as a side piece, just... But it's more fun. I enjoy making the drum and bass more than bassline at the minute because, like, like we've just said, it's just there's literally yeah. no rules, and I ain't got to impress anybody, sort of thing. Yeah, but it's it's coming across in the music, and and as I said, I I really see this brand blowing up for you. I mean, you've had one release, and it's got huge support already. You know what I mean? It, it, I really do think that something definitely positive is going to happen. I mean, let's look at it. Let's look down the future. The Varkid thing obviously goes off. What what do you see happening with that? Are you going to keep the same mentality and the ethos, or do you think you'll kind of take it a bit more serious? Um, that's an hard one because this is really my hobby now. 
But I've got my career sorted. I mean, what was it? If you asked me that 10 years ago, I'd be like, yeah, I'll drop everything in my life <laughs> to do it. But nah, it's like, I mean, if it blows, I'll be really happy. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's a weird question. I don't really know how to answer it. Yeah. I think, would, you, uh, would you manage it like you do Brent Kilner? Would you have it as a, like I say, just your baby is your Brent Kilner, but can you have the far kid as that as well? You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. It's... Um, the issue with it, the drum and bass stuff is it's not my scene. So, like, yeah. I don't know. I've got no contacts in that scene. I've got, do you know what I mean? Obviously, apart from myself, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like, I was in the baseline scene. I'm, I'm really pally with 90% of it. So, I can, yeah. it's yeah, a lot easier it. to get by on this side. Whereas that side, I'd much rather just make a song, get it released. If people like it, they do. If they don't, it, yeah. it don't really offend me. It's like, if somebody doesn't like it, because it's, it's not the music I normally make. So, if somebody goes, oh, that's really rubbish, I'll be like, yeah, well, yeah <laughs> it is and i know what you're talking about we obviously separating the music and knowing what to put with it I, I i've had a similar issue as well he's like where i've always been lee uhf the the ethos of my name it comes from hardcore roots and i was doing just hardcore but then when obviously i stopped doing that i like drum and bass then i like a bit of garage but then i like a bit of bass line I like a bit of techno and, and and really the name was doing everything and i was happy with that because i thought i could do it but then you get a lot of advice of people saying to split it and split it and do one direction as people know what to expect, which I get. But even now, it's kind of like, you know, I want to do bass line, but I want to do drum and bass as well. You know, I've been torn over having a new name for the bass and having a separate name for the drum and bass. So it's it's kind of hard to kind of dictate because you, you, you want to see what people are seeing on the other side. And sometimes it's hard to do that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, we've gone through a lot of questions here. Let's get into some music. Let's have a listen to the track Cold Heart. This is uh, on the first album, Volume 1. Um, and yeah, it's the second release that uh, Varkid has had on the Dirtbox label. So we're going to have a listen to this track now. We'll get your thoughts, Brent. And obviously anybody listening, put your thoughts in the comments below. Let us know what you think. i 
So there we have it, Cold Heart, one of the one of the best tracks I've ever actually heard this year in drum and bass. Lots of emotion, amazing vocals as well. Definitely a standout track on the LP, on both LPs combined. And there will be a music video coming along for this as well. So just want to get your thoughts on it, Brent, as well. How did this track come about before we sent it across for the uh, album submission? Um, I actually made it. God, I've been... It's got to have been eight, eight months before I actually even showed it to you. Like, it was just sat in a folder because I didn't really know what to do with it because it's it's one of them tunes that I know we spoke about the other day. That it's, it's probably the only tune I've ever made in my life that I didn't intend for a club. 
like it like a listening it's like listening music it's not really something that i personally play in a club club i just enjoy making it um my, my production process all these years has always been start with the drums but obviously since i've been making drum and bass it's a lot more melodic i've been starting with chords and that's how it started i i, I got a new uh i got a new keyboard and i got all the complete native instruments but obviously loads of pads and stuff so i just started messing around with presets so i ripped the initial chords you know the, the chords in the in the, the second breakdown yeah. like the transit that that was the start of the song that's where the song started and then obviously i switched it around and stuff but yeah it was more just me actually making music rather than just loud noises for a nightclub well it fits the album perfectly i mean i absolutely fucking love the build-up on this and the drop as well it's just it is phenomenal i mean to say it's it's not something you'd you'd see as music. I see this going off at every summer festival, like one hundred percent. I cannot wait to get this in people's hands. Definitely. Do you think you'll be doing more stuff like this in the future, then, as well? Uh, yeah, I did really enjoy making that actually. Um, more than like the, the mental jump up stuff, if I'm being honest, which I find really weird for me because obviously my bases and stuff lend themselves to, to like your, your heavier stuff, really. But yeah, I don't know. I just really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, mate, we're, we're literally going two for two in terms of hits here. Obviously, the Bring the Fire EP, phenomenal. And I see this one going down the same route. It's scary. It's scary. Do you know what I mean? You've definitely got the knack for drum and bass for somebody who's not put that much thought into having a drum and bass career. Absolutely. Yeah. So with the track itself, obviously, this is appearing with plenty of others on there. We do have some other music that will be released down the line. But let's just get into one final question about on the personal side of things. You're a bit of a family man like myself. Obviously, see you on Facebook with your nipper and the missus as well. Tell me a bit about this Kilner's Kitchen. What What is this? Obviously, you can find it on Instagram. What's going on with this? Oh, it's just, uh, do you know what? It started from lockdown. I've always enjoyed cooking, but obviously, through lockdown, I had nothing to do but watch youtube tutorials on everything so the egg cooking <laughs> programs everything i was like yeah, i'm gonna try that i'm gonna try this i'm gonna try that i ended up like getting really into it um posting pictures on facebook every day so i ended up setting an instagram up for it and then that led on to people saying like where can i buy this <laughs> like, can't it's just in the kitchen um but yeah that's led that's then lent itself to um like, like meal preps now which I'm, I'm actually selling it's like a little side hustle i've got on a minute Brilliant. Yeah, it's amazing what can come out of little things like that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I see. It's, I know this is. I'm going to sound really corny, but it's cooking's got a lot of similarities to making music. It's you add something and it can ruin it. You can add something and it's better. It's it's a mix of things that it's how you do it, not what you use. It's just there's loads of similarities like about yeah. it, but it's like a really cheesy line that. So it fucking is. <laughs> it fucking is. And at the end of the day, you're in your other kitchen right now, ready to cook up some beets as well, aren't you? Metaphors all over. There's, there's another cheesy line for you, definitely. That's good <laughs> stuff. We can add the liquid to this album, like you maybe add your liquid to your, I don't know, your Cornish pasties or whatever it is you're making tonight. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Well, yeah, obviously we can check these online. Um, do you want to give us your music and your and your food socials, Brent? Let's let people know about them. Yeah, so obviously all my Brent Kilner stuff is literally just Brent Kilner. If it's on Facebook, it's Brent Kilner Music. Uh, I believe Instagram is Brent Kilner Music too. Uh, yeah, and then everything else, Barkid UK. That's obviously the drum and bass stuff. And then 
food wise, Kilner's Kitchen on all socials. There you go. And it comes with a word of warning. If you're following this, you're going to eat so much fucking food. It makes me so hungry following this fucking Instagram. I don't like it. I really don't. Putting some right fucking timber up watching that. <laughs> anything in the future that we can announce? Uh, anything in the future that we can announce for Brent Kilner and Varkid music wise? Uh, no, I have got a few Varkid tracks which you have heard and you have. Um... Like you, Signed. You, 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 so you, yeah. <laughs> uh, especially, especially Hyde. I've got a chunk called Hyde. It's very like sub focus oriented. Yeah, and that one. Personally, I think it's the best piece of music I've ever produced. It is I great. Think I think I've got. I mean, it's really sub focused lent towards. I know that, but it's. I feel like I put my own twist on it, and I'm really, really happy with that one. I cannot wait for that one to get shown. Yeah, there's, obviously within what we're doing here. It, it's crazy some of the stuff you're sending like say that whole ep that we've got planned i think is fucking mental and then on top of that we've got the remixes as well that we've got that people have remixed your tracks you've remixed some tracks so a lot of kilner and a lot of Arkid to come within dirtbox and uh, our other brands like are you serious as well yeah man can't wait right brent i've kept you long enough mate your missus is probably you wanting you back in uh, kilner's kitchen so i'll let you make some tea uh make sure you send me some because i'm fucking starving and i can't see me getting anything made for me tonight doing these interviews all day <laughs> but yeah it's been a pleasure mate thank you yeah, for no touching base again and uh can't wait for you all to hear it remember the track cold hearts out now on the vibe city volume one lp okay so for the next interview we have a very special guest on the show he's not produced a track on the album he's done something much more different much more significant for us with that as well. He's actually one of two people that has mixed the album together to give you a continuous mix to listen to. So if you're not a DJ, you're just getting the tracks, you want to have a listen to this on all the major platforms like Spotify, SoundCloud. This mix will be available. It's none other than Subliminal all the way from Romania. Alex, how are you doing? You okay? Oh, man, nice to meet you, um, and uh, thank you for having me. I'm really good, man. Hope you're doing the same. Um, yeah. I'm actually, like, enjoying the summer. Um, quite quite funny that uh, it's not... Actually, I see people, like, saying it's pretty hot now, but um, we used to have, like, a way hotter summer than now in here last, last year. So it's quite good because, like, it's, like... 32 degrees this year, the maximum we had here. Last summer was like 42, which is absolutely insane. Um, but yeah, it's good. It's very good. Very good, very good. Yeah, I, I, obviously over in that place of Europe, the, the winters are much colder from my experience and the summers are much hotter as well. Not like here in England where it just fucking rains all the time, basically. That's all we get. So um, obviously a history that we've got together I wanted to discuss a little bit is uh, we have a, a very close mutual friend, Christian Resurgence, who kind of put us in touch. And a few years ago, back in 2019, um, I came over to play at the Apple Rooms for Christian, um, where you've got a history there at that venue as well with events, haven't you? Uh, yeah, you could say that. I mean, it's like uh, I, I started this um, this Apple Room Drama Base series uh, back in 2007, where I was like, um, you know, the scene in the city was kind of dead. Nobody was making events anymore for more than six months. And uh, I, I kind of always questioned myself that 
who who should have done that or sh- who, who who should have taken it from the ashes that were left the, back then because you know people were keep asking why it's not drama based happening anymore here in the city and we were like uh we should do we should do it and uh you know me and christian we're friends for a really long time now for like 16 years or something like that and um uh it was quite amazing because he used to dj and produce way 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 before back in the day than i did he's, he's he has way more experience than i do and uh i would lie if i would not tell you that i learned a lot of things and good things from him um which i'm really grateful for and i really appreciate him a lot we uh we're really good friends and um we keep making music together uh we actually have like a couple of things we have to start looking into working and um yeah um i i kind of started this upper room drum and bass imprint back in 2017 so yeah uh and it's working quite well now it's amazing uh, how well, we did you get the um sorry go ahead i wanted to ask you how, how because i don't think i got a chance to ask you back then how how did how was your time spent here yeah i had a great time in romania um i was there i was there for a couple of days and i, I stayed with christian the event was phenomenal really enjoyed the event really enjoyed the people um i was a little bit ill on the second day and the plan we were going to do a little bit of sightseeing sightseeing but uh, i decided just to kind of chill and, and hang out until my flight because i had an early flight on sunday as well so i didn't want to go out and start drinking again and and just start getting a bit messy for the airport so yeah i got a little bit unwell i don't think it was anything to do with romania while well, i was unwell i think uh maybe just had a bit too much to drink the night before and, and was a little bit hungover but yeah, it was great i i one thing that actually did stand out as well and it's quite you know away from the rave is um i really like the airport it was this big <laughs> it was the yeah. smallest airport so you was like straight through <laughs> it straight away I love that. I hate hanging around in airports. I love being on planes, but I hate hanging around in airports. So that that was good. Uh, that was really good. And uh, yeah, it was a phenomenal party as well. Um, how, are you still doing the parties now then? How have they been since COVID? Because obviously that that disrupted the whole world. But have you got back to you know business as usual with the parties? Yeah, yeah. Actually, we, we, we started doing it again back in uh, 2022. You know, where there was a time frame when everything like, you know those rules that they had during the covid pandemic when everything was closed and you couldn't you couldn't host events and stuff like that um we started doing it again in march 2022 and it's quite amazing uh because you're asking this now because um uh, actually the things i i think at least here in oradia are way better than before um the public i don't know raised like you know it's funny that so some people told me during the pandemic uh, a really nice phenomenon happened that people started to discover new music and drum and bass was one of them definitely at least here in romania i don't know about other mm-hmm. countries i'm talking specifically about romania and um you know i i i have people coming to to me when i do these events and say you know i discovered drum and bass in the pandemic i i got in love with trauma base in the pandemic and this is quite amazing because it's kind of improved 
the public in the city. Um, so you could say that it doubled at least. Wow. I, I feel obviously on the flip side of that in the UK and, and from you know looking out towards your areas as well in Europe, I think it, I think lockdown uh, I think that lockdown produced a lot of new producers. A lot of people started making music through lockdown. And uh, now we have a, a flurry of brand new producers. There's actually a there's a few on this album as well, such as Comatose. He he kind of made his you know made some shifts to to be a bit more high quality in his music. But I think that kind of brought that out as well. Which obviously you, you get more producers, you get more drum and bass, and you, you're going to get more listeners, aren't you? At the end of the day, yeah, uh, it's quite interesting because I think that uh it's it kind of got into that point where people i don't know you, you were in the lockdown like literally the first month of covid and stuff like that when everyone was like closed in the city and, and the world just stopped doing everything mm -hmm. and i think the uh, the earth itself like it, it was breathing in that moment you know it it was like you know huge pause from consuming and uh I think music one was one and it is it still is one of those things that could help you go through that period you know yeah oh absolutely but it, it does heal the mind as they say doesn't it so it's definitely something that reacts to everybody emotionally and and yeah even through that time i was doing little live streams and stuff like that to get me by and they were through through covid it was some of the most fun i had doing those dj streams at all at home and just having a piss around and talking to your mates online while you're doing it as well so yeah it, it definitely uh definitely had a positive effect on myself and a lot of others um but talking talking at that time as well um it was around coming out of covid that it, it, it seems as though your career really blew up quite well i mean one of the things i noticed is around that time you started getting support from really big artists like the ltj bookham uh, high contrast um and obviously having releases signed to labels like pilot are obviously affiliated with with ukf um for yourself do you think that that you know was there a certain track that was a catalyst to actually start all of that happening and you know your name blowing up and getting quite successful or was there something else uh well first and first i have to say a big thank you to all the labels i've been working it and still uh, with and still do um huge thanks to focus pilot four corners reality vandal records because you know um they all but uh i, I could say that um my debut on Focus uh, back in 2020 was my first release, my debut EP uh, in April 2020, then um, followed by a couple of releases. Then uh, my release on my first track with uh, a Resurgence on Pilot, which is just a waste, that came out uh, in September 2021, blew up like, like it, it brought it i think it brought me and to christian and uh, raluca to a lot of audience yeah. uh, i think it's i think it's sitting about a million streams now across platforms isn't it it's it's definitely plus minus yeah it's, yeah it's like it's yeah. like half a million half a million on spotify and that's and just spotify that's not counting yeah. everywhere else you know if you yeah. if you combine youtube soundcloud uh, apple you're definitely over a million streams on that one 100 percent Absolutely, absolutely. I, 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 I think you're right. But uh, 
it's quite amazing because from that point, uh, you know, monthly listeners to followers to they they started to blow. You know, like organically, everything was yeah. like blowing up, and we were amazed. And and I have to, uh, I can't thank you enough to Pilot and and to the UKF team and everyone supporting that release. So um, yeah, quite amazing. Do you think that that track, the collaboration, obviously that's done that, do you think that's been the most defining moment of your career so far? Uh, yeah, you could say it was a, a really big milestone because, um, you know, UKF and Pilot, and it's, it's, a, it's a really big thing. Um, but also um, the other labels I've been working with, like Galaxy, which is the sister label of Liquidity, uh, it's amazing huge support uh really big label like parodies like like ukf is focus I, even focus you know focus is a very big label nowadays um and it's all like it's, it's since back in i think it's from 1999 and it's quite amazing because they still releasing the music and they, they still release music from the artists so all these things together i could say Really huge thanks to everyone supporting my music, releasing my music, everyone who did and do. Uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah, that's very good. And like I say, as a defining track, it really has set the standard for you. And there's been some phenomenal music coming after that as well. Uh, let's go a little bit further back in time to, I think it was around 2008, you started to get into drum and bass seriously. Is that about right, about that time? Yeah, I, that was the moment when you could say I started to discover this music because, yeah. you know, I think all of us in our lives, we we got to that point where we started discovering drum and bass. And, um, you know, back then I didn't even know that there was um, multiple subgenres of drum and bass. Uh, for me, everything was like back in the day was just drum and bass. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was all jump up. I thought everything was jump up when I first heard it. So I was like, nah, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. And, you know, the internet wasn't so um, accessible no. and it, it, the information wasn't much there. I mean, it was there, but wasn't like nowadays, you know. Mm. Like, um, if you if you write now on YouTube, um, let's say how to make a track like, like Netsky, You'll find a tutorial with Netsky teaching you stuff about his tracks, his music production and stuff like that from certain magazines or stuff like that. But if you do that, like back in 2009, I don't think that was a possible thing back then. Like, I don't yeah. think it was uh, YouTube just came up uh, a couple of years, like two or three years before that, um, four maybe. But yeah, like 2006 or 2005, YouTube came yeah. out um the only things you could find there were a bit limited until it blew up you know uh, with yeah. information as well so yeah um you could say that was the year when i, I you know it's mm -hmm. funny i i saw your it was it's one of your shows from england from jules holland um later with jules holland i think is the title yeah. of the show yeah, that's right the show. yeah 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 funny did you discover uh, drum and bass on that show? Is that sorry? Is that what you said? You discovered drum and bass on Jules Holland? Uh, yeah, two 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 places. This show and uh, Need for Speed Undercover uh, were oh, yeah, two the places. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, well, the, the first two places where I heard drum and bass myself, because, you know, just hearing people talking about it, um, I, I think here in Romania, at least, um, was was the thing that got you going to the parties back then, yeah. to the events, to the raves. Um, so, yeah, technically, um, you know, uh, from word to word, from people to people, you would hearing that, uh, hey, tonight is a drum and bass party, you want to go? Um, definitely, because it was really something new. And um, Chase and State has just released uh, a huge album back then. And, you know, yeah. you know, all of these things that you could find out about these legends like State of Mind, Pendulum, um, Chase and Status and, and so on, uh, Subfocus, it, it's kind of amazing. And I, I, I kind of remember what, what, there was a party where one of the guys were playing um, LTJ Bookham, but I didn't know, I, I, I have to admit, I didn't know uh, back then who hmm. he was, you know, because of this lack of information on the web. Um, and uh, the music was like Spotify wasn't even a thing. Like um, I don't know, it, it was really hard to know what the music the DJs were playing back then. It's really hard. Um, just if you're not going to ask him, "Hey, what track is this? What what, what are you playing there?" You know. Yeah. So as growing up in uh, Romania and obviously discovering drum and bass in 2008 around that time then who would you say your main inspirations are to make you feel yeah I, I love drum and bass I'm into this now who are you listening to mainly from you saying specifically from Romania no um so obviously being in Romania you're you're gonna get acts that break through into your country slightly different than other ones so I was just wondering for you personally which drum and bass acts you were really enjoying that were your inspiration to start with um well um definitely definitely pendulum was the first like uh when i when i when i got to hear about pendulum it was a thing and and you know we had a festival here called peninsula it's um it was a part of the Siget, the huge Siget festival from budapest um it, it belonged to them and they were bringing like huge names um and one of my friends uh back then uh he was keep saying that he was going to buy tickets because pendulum will come as a dj set and i was like whoa i want to go too but you know back in the day going to big festivals like this was not a thing amongst um, underage people like if you were if you were like less than 18 years old it's quite hard to reach these events you know like let's say a party in the city was possible but like huge festivals like this ah, i would say no i had to say uh, those those were very different times yeah so what when did you start to take the leap into producing and djing and just getting a bit more involved with the music then what year was that Started DJing a little bit earlier in the music production. I must reckon that was like in 2013. It was my first time when I really had this approach uh, into DJing. Uh, I was asked by my colleagues from college to play uh, at, at our hall. Uh, we had the yearly Halloween party. 
and um, they remained out of a DJ and I wasn't even a DJ. I mean, it was really funny. And um, that was the moment when everything started and I enjoyed it a lot. The crowd was insane. And um, that's where I started to think about it really seriously that, hey, do I want to do this in the future? Do do I want to start DJing? So yeah, technically next year I was writing CDs and playing on CDJ 100. <laughs> and yeah, that 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 that's how it got into it. So um, when did the production of... side come then? When did you start making the music? Uh, you know, like if you if you're taking it seriously, like DJing, it was 2018 definitely. Uh, my wife got my uh, my first uh pair of monitors ever and um uh you know uh i had it in my mind for a really long time since i've been to christian home and and his studio for many years before that um i always wanted to do it you know but i never like got into it seriously you know I, it was just i was just playing messing around with my laptop from time to time i was like yeah okay i, I wasn't taking it seriously you know like that was like a year or two after I started to DJ in 2014 or 15, but um, yeah, definitely 2018 is the year when I started to take this really seriously. Yeah, and you've had you've had some real key players, as I said earlier, that's that's been supporting your music since. Obviously, LTJ Bookham, High Contrast. Has there been any other kind of uh, landmark landmark acts that have got behind your music and have been playing it as well that you'd like to mention? Yeah, Fred V. Uh, played a lot of a lot of times. I could you could say it's funny that I, I woke up like every Tuesday. Uh, his Kiss FM show. I was tagged in his stories with my uh, last EP on Pilot. She he was keep playing the tracks like uh, only four tracks on that EP. But you know he was like keep playing them, and I was amazed to see you know Fred V and Graphics were kind of those artists i got into like 2012 2013 when they started to release their music was a huge thing for me and and was a uh, you know you could say a new discovery and um i really appreciate them a lot and i love their music so yeah uh seeing myself played by one of these guys like fred v was absolutely insane it's a it's a better feeling sometimes than actually playing the track yourself, isn't it? When you see one of your peers playing it and you watch the crowd reaction from a, just an outside point of view, sometimes I actually do get a better feeling from that than me playing it out to a crowd. Would you agree with that? Mm, well, I, it's funny. I never thought about this. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I've, tested, I've tested these tracks before they came out. A lot, like I was playing them like all, last summer a lot, and um, getting getting closer to the release date of the EP, uh, I was keep playing them even even a week before I had a gig, and um, people reacted uh, reacted really really nice, and uh, yeah, especially on, on one of the tracks on on Sins from a Memory with uh, with with Marius with KVR. Yeah, it's funny that sometimes, you know, the, the, this comfort, what you're feeling when you're playing the tracks in the in front of, of, of a crowd, 
when you test it for the first time, you'd never know their reaction before. It's quite strange. This feeling, I think it's it's way more interesting that, you know, they never heard it. You You did it yourself in the studio. You get to play in front of them and you don't know if they're going to like it or not. That's, mm. I think that that's one of those questions I was yeah. about to um, put myself rather than what you said, you know. I, yeah. I love seeing big names like Fred V, like LTJ Bookham, like High Contrast, Ray Kit, playing my tra- London Electricity. They all play, you know, I, I wake up with tags and I'm like, whoa, is, is this real? I have to pinch myself. Like, I feel like it's a dream sometimes, you know, but quite and super grateful for it really appreciate that yeah there's there's been some great exposure alex it it is i mean since we obviously uh first spoke in 2019 it's been great to watch you grow as an artist and see what you've actually achieved with it and uh it's phenomenal that we've actually been able to get together now again to put this mix together for their album we're definitely honored to have you on board i know you're very busy at the moment and uh, obviously your name has got some great traction and hopefully can bring some some more eyes to this label um, but talking about obviously the mix itself, um, is this the first time you've done something like this, created a, a mix for an album in this capacity? Yes, it's the first time. Thank, thank you again for asking me and for having me on it. Uh, uh, big ups to Melissa for connecting us to do it. Um, Although we've all, we've been colleagues for a while, we actually got connected through good old Melissa, didn't we? Again, so yeah, she wrote me like. Yeah, she wrote me if I want to do this for you. And I said, hey, I know Lee. Like, he, he played here in the city a couple of years back. Short thing. Why, why, there's no need to ask. I'll do it, you know. Um, yeah, it was it was quite funny when she wrote me on Facebook. Uh, because we know each other for, for quite some time now. Like, I think, let's say a year or less. But yeah, um, some, some something like that. She, she's amazing. She's great. Um, she's great. Yeah. She uh, she's helped uh, me and Kev a lot with some stuff. My one of my colleagues who goes on a lot of DJ tours when we played in America, and she's been talking recently to help me some stuff like that. And yeah, she she obviously it didn't click when she was saying Alex, like I said, and I was like, and then when when obviously it came that it was you, I was like, oh yeah, we know each other. Of course we do. This is Alex, who I know from uh, from Romania, but she's also uh, set up so Irie from Hospital Records is doing the other mix as well. So got two really good new establishing names within the liquid drum and bass scene obviously on the album so yeah we're really happy but with your mix absolutely phenomenal um thank was you there an, was there an approach to this mix that you wanted to use have, have you done your usual dj style or have you treated this as a very specific project in any way tell us about how you've treated the album mix so first i i all you know when i receive a promo or new music in my inbox i always open it and listen to it like really carefully because I think as a DJ, you got to you got to know your music really well when you play in front of a crowd, whether it's recording a podcast at home in your studio, um, or you play like uh, let's say on Cool FM or Represent Radio, or BBC One. If you have like a live streaming or it's, it's a DJ set pre-recorded before, um, I think it's always. A matter of thing that you got to you got to know your music really well mm. so um i i listened to it like a couple of times after you sent it to me and um it's uh first thing first it's, it's an amazing album and uh huge props for, for releasing it uh really really quality music 
um amazing vibes uh loved every track if, even even if i never heard them before you know it's amazing to always discover new talents uh new artists uh, and i think this is one of the things that when you when you start recording a mix um you just you don't just I, i mean i myself i don't know about others but i myself i just you know make a selection and uh you know uh, uh what i i play i play what i like what i love what i feel and um you know i i i don't choose a particular order but i i kind of go to the vibe you know i have a vibe and and i have the playlist with your album there with the volume one with the vibe city you know and um i just i just dig through them and then uh, okay these tracks work now this this track works now and uh, and i just went with the flow you know yeah yeah it definitely comes across as i say it's a, it's a very unique mix in itself and and some of the tracks are quite unique as well they they are more on a listening capacity as well of obviously not always meant for the club liquid is it so when you're putting it together like that in a dj mix you've probably got to think a little bit more than maybe just when you're doing a mix of bangers that's just mixing in and out because there's a lot of melodies and sometimes vocals to take into account but you you've nailed it alex it's, it's Thank absolutely you. phenomenal can't wait for people to get onto this um was there for you any specific standout tracks now i know you said all the music was great in there but you know there's always a standout one or two or three tracks that you can see yourself taking to the clubs and playing any at all that really stood out for you in the album mm. uh you know um there's always it's a really good question because you asking this now it's funny that um you have to you know when for example the the, the comatose track with um Laura Proudman vocal yeah with Laura Proudman of, yeah, yeah exactly it's it, it's a really really interesting track, uh, track and and when i started to you know before recording the mix i was like you know all the tracks from here have like you could say um a different a different vibe mm. but they are uh, in the same time they're all connected yeah. together like you know you, you kind of nailed making this compilation um into really really beautiful various artist stuff um uh, and i don't know like musically it's amazing like i i feel like there, there's melody there's variety there's the lyrics are amazing where we have vocals um it, it's it, it's amazing and mm. and also the, the varkit track was one of my favorites and also um one the one for abidance anomalies that was amazing amazing yeah. amazing track I mean, yeah, like, like i said not all of the tracks are kind of meant for the club as well when, when you've got this album so when we say you know which ones you're taking it, it there isn't really a standout everything has got its place on this album they're all fantastic i mean i've played the varkid cold hearts track in clubs and it goes off and he has said originally when he started that track that he did not meant for that to be played in clubs it was just something to listen to and it just so happens it's it's just got enough emotion enough power uh, and enough accessibility for it to actually go down a club and i played it two or three times now and it it smashed dance floors all over the world it's absolutely smashed them but yeah i mean as i say alex we're, we're really pleased that you're on board with this cannot wait for people to hear your mix um obviously with the album itself 
with some of the things you mentioned there and, and kind of nailing it. One thing that I did try and do with this, I mean, overall, the album, it's a case of me trying to show that the label Dirtbox is varied. So I wanted a liquid album because we've not given liquid a lot of love that it deserves on the on the label. It's just we haven't we haven't had the music signed. But then when we started getting it together, I thought this project spanning two months, two albums, four singles, two mixers, 22 tracks and 21 artists. So it's, it's a huge project. And what I wanted to do with that focus on liquid is to focus on almost like the subgenres of liquid. So liquid is a subgenre of drum and bass. I wanted to focus on all the different styles you can find in drum and bass. And that's why this, there's there's some little bit darker edgy ones. There's big vocal, there's there's rapping ones. And then there's just some like really gritty dance floor ones as well. And then your old summer vibe radio ones. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because we, we did spend a lot of time kind of selecting that out and going through tracks, scrapping tracks, looking for other tracks, begging artists to fill a gap that we needed with a specific track just so it could be perfect. So, yeah, thank you for that. Much appreciated, mate. You're welcome, man. Really. We'll leave it. We'll leave it with one last question. Um, what is the future for Subliminal? What's coming in uh, the coming months, gig-wise and, and music-wise? Uh, so I have um, I have an EP uh, or a single of two tracks. Not sure yet, but uh, two out of four. It's like done on Four Corners Music uh, on Malinky's label. Big ups, Malinky, for that. Um, it's quite amazing because. Um, I always love this label, and now I'm releasing music on it. Uh, same with Pilot, same with Focus, same same with all, love love loved all the labels before releasing music with them. And uh, talking about the labels I'm working with, and not 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 only that, but yeah. Um, so it's it is this one, a couple of tracks in the works. Not sure what's happening with them yet. Um, need to finish a lot of stuff now as I took a break for like three or four weeks before reaching out the studio last week again. And um, gig-wise, you could say I have like already two two gigs happening, uh, which both are my events here in Oradia. One is... Um, one is on the 13th of October uh, with uh, the, the the Romanian drum and bass. Um, you know, you have a community here which is supporting all the stuff that is happening in the country. Um, a, a, a team that is formed uh, from Alan, Elena and uh, a lot of people that are helping her out from the country, even from Moradia. Uh, Timisoara, Cluj, Bucharest, uh, Yash, everyone has like is contributing, and uh, it's quite amazing because I always thought that and saw this scene that it's supported through its own community. Mm. Yeah, and one of the great things about Romania I found as well is the the impression we all get is that side of Europe is all banging neurofunk. So to see obviously producers being heavily involved in other subgenres like Liquid and and getting success is really refreshing to see as well really refreshing yeah yeah it's unbelievable like a lot of people uh you know now scatterbrain is coming out uh really really nice brazilian from from romania scatterbrain mm -hmm. is from romania azotics is also from romania he's releasing on overview now and um yeah it's quite amazing because he he he, he smashed the charts um 
right now. I think he was uh, on the first place on Beatport. So yeah, it's quite amazing to see that happening. It's also Definitely. it's also Bruston from Bucharest, Freakex, a lot of people, Surgeons, uh, mm. Yoshu, a lot of people that are now breaking through and um, really appreciate that the scene is trying to grow more and more. Mm. It's the frenetic guys from Timisoara, which I really appreciate. Um, big ups. I'm also part of the frenetic crew from Timisoara. Um, Exhale also is a very good producer from Romania that will, will smash the things up. Yeah, slowly and, and, and really, really nice seeing things coming through. Hmm. Uh, from from Romania. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, listen, Alex, um, thank you for giving us your time today. I really appreciate it. Couldn't be happier for the mix. I can't wait for people to hear it as well. I hope you uh, obviously have a good time this weekend with whatever you're doing. Did you say you got some gigs? What, what, what were you saying about the gigs earlier? Uh, it's yeah. your party, is it? Your party's coming up, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah. T- 13th of October is the first ah, one. Yeah, uh, it would be a, dr- a drum and bass dot row anniversary happening in Oradea is everything is booked and also uh, can't say about it but it's 14 years of our venue uh, on the 24th of November big 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 party can't say more well of course if you're in Romania and in the area make sure you're attending these parties Uh, Apple Rooms is the venue isn't it yep yeah the Apple Rooms fantastic Uh, venue Moskva Caveso is the venue, actually. Moskva ah. Cafe, if you, if you oh, come to right. Romania. Uh, but the Apple Room is the imprint of the electronic music events from yeah. the venue, yeah. There we go, there we go. Lovely stuff. Well, thank you again, Alex. We'll speak to you soon. Thank you for taking time with us. Of course, check out Subliminal's excellent mix on Volume 1 of Vibe City. Thanks again. Big ups. So that's it from our listening party. Hope you've enjoyed it. Hope you've uh, left your comments and your thoughts in the chat below really appreciate your feedback on this one um just got to say this has been an absolute phenomenal journey doing this release it's the biggest project i've ever done on dirtbox recordings on any label i've ever run since running labels in 2003 so for me it's it's definitely been lots of uh, blood sweat and tears so to speak um thank you to all the artists for obviously dealing with me <laughs> around this time probably not being the best person it's been quite stressful but i'm so happy to get there Thank you for Thomas for all of the mastering that you gave across this album. He's done some phenomenal work to get it all right and dealing with all the artists who want to be louder or quieter and obviously trying to get everybody happy with an album that definitely flows really well. Big up to Matt, of course, for his artwork. Absolutely brilliant. Definitely encompassed the the Vibe City artwork that we wanted for this. Uh, Very happy to what he's done. Very happy with what he's done across the board i'm losing my voice now i'm gonna end the show make sure you're grabbing this on all the socials obviously find us online at dirtbox recordings across all of those platforms as well until next time catch you soon